Waiting on a tax return? Hopefully it ends up in your hands. Fraudulent tax returns due to identity theft increased by 30% in 2023. If you're in a bind this tax season, LifeLock can help. Our U.S.-based restoration specialists are experts dedicated to helping solve your identity theft issues. And all LifeLock plans are backed by the Million Dollar Protection Package. So we'll reimburse you up to the limits of your plan if you lose money due to identity theft. Help protect your information this tax season with LifeLock. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com slash aware. And um, all of a sudden Pete wasn't there. So Pete went on his own and, and they're like, where's Pete? So they're all kind of phoning around going, oh, where's Pete gone? And they're like, Chapo's got him. Today's guest is Charlie Webster, the host of the hit podcast series, Surviving El Chapo, which she co-created with 50 Cent. Surviving El Chapo is about the Flores brothers, the twins from Chicago who ended up becoming Chapo's main North American distributors in the mid 2000s. They were the ones who decided to become informants and were the key witnesses in the trial that put Chapo away for life. This is a fascinating story. She spent years interviewing the brothers for this podcast series, and she has insight that nobody else has access to, and she's here today. Without further ado, I give you Charlie Webster of the Surviving El Chapo series, right here on The Connect with Johnny Mitchell. But the, the million dollar question is what you asked. It's the, be, it's the question is, was it worth it? Was it, was it worth it? That's when I see the lights behind me start to flash. And I didn't even think, I just hit it. I was driving like my life depended on it. And then I parked the car, hopped out, closed the door, and I started running. And he pulls out a burner, shanks like six inches. And then he passes it to me. And he goes, here, that's yours. Don't ever leave the cell block without this. He was the reason I made it out of that place alive. First of all, thank you so much for coming. My pleasure, thanks for having me. I wanna know, first of all, how uh, beautiful Australian woman falls into a project well, like this. Well, can I just correct you? Because I'm not Australian. Sure. I'm English. Ah, I was 50-50. <laughs> and, and <laughs> I thought I heard an air, like an error when I was um, listening to the, uh, the episode yesterday. And um, that seems to be sometimes the problem in America is people think, Oh, well, she's got a different accent. So. Ah, but look Australian, it. English, sure, are they I just know. the same? Well, that's so, what it is. Um, you, you come to America, you, America fulfills your dreams, and you know, you well, get asked ignorant questions. Maybe not, because maybe <laughs> I had my, fill, my dreams filled in England, which is why I then got offered a job in America. Is that, did you get this project <laughs> while you were in England? Yes, I did. Wow. So, wow. you're kidding. I'm me. English, and I filled my dreams in England. Are you going to stay here or are you going to go back? What do you think? Do you That's like it here a enough? million dollar question. Well, <laughs> both countries are in trouble. Both countries are interesting. Yeah. And I mean, I'm really proud to be from England, not Australia. Sorry. Although there's nothing wrong with Australia or same. Australians. Australians are bad and, at Brit um, Brits. And um, I don't know. Um, LA is a really interesting place. I think culturally, I mean, I'm taking this conversation down a totally different route, but I think culturally you wouldn't believe how different Brits and Americans are. Yeah. Like we might think we speak the same language, but I'm not even sure we do yeah. sometimes. Well, you guys are much more proper. You guys are much I more I think that's an Ameri a perception guarded. of America. That's just a perception, right? Because that's sure. just stereotypical because I could just say, I'm not going to say anything because this is an American audience. Well, no. Maybe no, no. so like- um, yeah, but you could say the same 
you know, you could say English are like more reserved and more proper and you could say Americans are loud and, I'll, you know, I'll it's the both stereotypes, we, right? We absolutely are. I think because my family is all from England and they moved to Canada. So we're, we, that's where we come from. But you thought I was Australian. Right. I don't care. So <laughs> I might just like I, I throw the don't. whole episode, just dig don't. you for that. So yeah. Because uh, you know, English people have sarcasm. For sure. But you well. guys are passive aggressive <laughs> and, and you give that to the Canadians. That comes from the crown. That's a, that's a fact. I don't think we're passive aggressive. I oh, think we're yeah. straight talking. Oh yeah. No, no, no. You guys bottle it up. You're, <laughs> you know, you're nice and proper, but then at the same time you'll be colonizing, you know. Uh, a diamond mine in Africa. You know what I mean? So, oh or you'll be you'll be uh, doing some naughty things to uh, the Indians. So. I won't say anything about what America did. Oh, oh no, no. But our time's coming too. Our time's coming too, but which is a fact. You know what I mean? Um, but how did you get uh, the subject matter? You know, the drugs and crime. Is this, is this always been a passion of yours? Or, you know, how did you meet 50 Cent? How did you meet the Flores twins? I mean, because we have connections doing this show, but not like, you know, getting a hold of these cats. So, I mean, I'm a journalist. So I think yeah. first and foremost, like to me, I'm interested in various different topics. And I think it's not necessarily that. Um, I mean, I have my own. Um, it was very interesting to do this project because. I have my own opinion and my own family experience to do with drugs, mm. um, which, which I had, you know, I did talk to the Flores uh, twins about um, and a private conversation and a little bit that we recorded um, because I think I challenged them on their view, which we can get into about mm. the fact that, well, they didn't kill anyone. And I was like, mm. well, <laughs> you know, you indirectly you did. And it was really interesting, this thing called cognitive dissonance, which right. you might be familiar about maybe through your own past where yeah. it's like you can convince yourself that it's not as bad right. as what you're actually doing. And I think what really interests me, and I'll explain how I, I will answer your questions, but what really interests me is not necessarily drugs or crime, but human behavior, which mm. then feeds into both of those things anyway, ultimately, right. whether right. you look at it from drug dealing or whether you look at it from actually consuming yeah. drugs yeah. or how you end up in those situations. A lot of it is from your past, from childhood, yeah. trauma, yeah. Um, you know, difficulties mm -hmm. um, and, you know, human behavior or, mm -hmm fall in, into those things. Like I'm not from a, ba a privileged background. I'm yeah. from uh, a working class background in England. So, okay, uh, check this Australia. out, check this out. And <laughs> so. that, that's where the mistake comes from because you, do, you don't have a London accent. So no, I don't. Drugs, I'm from the North. Drugs. You're from yes. the North. You sound like top So that's top boy. why you thought I was Australian. That's right. I swear to God. That's a closer, <laughs> to me, that's closer to Australian. But um, have you seen Top Boy? Of course I have. Shot boy, yeah. You remind me of the, the cats in Birmingham and uh, <laughs> up there in... Um, Peaky where, Blinders, exactly, maybe. Exactly, exactly. Bit of like, well, I'm not from Birmingham, but I'm from even further up. Wow, what's the but, town called? Well, I'm from Yorkshire, which is the Yorkshire. county, and yeah. I, the city I'm from is called Sheffield. Yeah, and that's... Which was like known for like steel and industry. Oof. It's a bit like the equivalent of like a Pittsburgh Buffalo, over here. Pittsburgh, Detroit, yeah. something so like, like that. So like mining, town, yeah. steel, yeah. And is city. that all gone? Has that industry all been exported? Like the way in America, they're all... A lot over, of it, yeah. yeah. Um, which yeah. caused like mass, we're going right around the houses, but mass unemployment. Yeah. Um, and that breeds drug dealing, drug use, depression, weather doesn't help. 
yeah, the weather doesn't help. It's not got nice weather where I'm from. It rains a lot and it's cold. But there's sometimes sunshine. Can I um, tell you my misgivings? My, yeah. uh, this is, I immediately, when, when your team reached out wanting to have you on, I immediately got a visceral reaction as a former drug dealer. Because the Flores twins, Why? because the Flores twins are rats at the end of the day. Oh, I disagree. Which okay. we can talk about. That's what we're going to do. So I. So what was your visceral reaction? Sickening. I was sickened because I lost a, a small part of my life to rats, to people that were in the game selling drugs. It was all good until they got caught and they couldn't handle it. So they felt like they had to take me down. Now it, that's on a real reduced scale. I get that. But but it wasn't them. Like I, I'll, I, I'd love to get in this conversation with yeah. you because. So my thought on that is, well, they weren't to blame because you lost part of your life because of your own actions. So isn't it taking responsibility for what you did? Yes, of course I have to. Everybody, doesn't matter what kind of injustice is done to somebody, you still have to take responsibility for it. I understand that. But my point is the Flores twins made uh, untold, tens and tens of millions of dollars thanks to cartels in Mexico. It was even right? more than that. Okay, great. Hundred, hundreds. They probably, they probably profited. I mean, they made them billions, but they probably profited hundreds of millions. Yeah. We don't know if the government got all that money, just because they told you, "Hey, we don't have any more of it." They, they could, they could own property all over Mexico. They could have money buried. I don't care what they say. And look, it's it all works out for them. They get to go take well, everybody else down. I don't think it really does. <laughs> Okay, so that's but so, the, okay, right. and that's and, not the story. Th that's my surface. and that's what's so fascinating okay. about this show right. because right. going to your original question, and I want to hear more about because I'd love to talk about cooperation. Yeah, because I don't think it's what people think it is, and I don't think it's even what you think it is. If you have a perception that it's okay. about ratting, yeah, um, because one of the things they say about cooperation is you, when you're in prison, you either you either, there's two prisoners, you either cooperate yeah. or you wish you'd cooperated. Right, that's and what they say. And there's two type of prisoners. For sure. But just going um, back to what you said, that isn't the story. And that's what makes this so fascinating because when I started to talk to the Flores twins, um, I spent a lot of time to get to know them as people. So, and you know, I approach it as a journalist, so I'm not here mm. being, being, you know, being like, oh, <laughs> like so empathetic right. where I'm just one-sided. Right. But for me to approach it as like a drug cartel story yeah. is one-sided and it's actually not telling the truth of okay. this story. So I spent six months at least getting to know the Flores twins and the family. And before I even pressed record so I could understand what this story was. Yeah. Because to me, if I, it's lazy if I'd have just done a drug cartel rap right, in your words right, story, right. because that's not the story at all. So you need to listen to the podcast. Yeah. Surviving El Chapo. I just might after this. <laughs> <laughs> so it, yeah. And, and I think understanding even what cooperation is like, for example, um, with El Chapo, there's no way the government would have been able to take El Chapo down without cooperation. Mm. You know, you might already know, but with complex cases like that, it's not about law enforcement. It's about cooperators mm. because they can't understand or get the insight yeah. of really what's happening mm -hmm. by 
you know, what they normally do by wiretaps or things like that, mm. unless they've got cooperation yeah. and insight. But also it's about choices, right? And it's about family mm-hmm. um, and it's about the choices you make. So you think that what the floor is, I'm intrigued. Do you think that the Flores twins should have carried on and become Chapo? Look, is that better than, no. than deciding to cooperate? Here's, it, this is my take. The entire game is just a byproduct of the misery that is that that consumes poor countries and parts of poor countries like the north of England or Detroit, Michigan or Sinaloa, Mexico. It, it's just uh, it's a byproduct of the need to survive and drug users. There's something there's something about modern society that makes people want to alter their state of mind. It's it's all not very good. It is what it is. And the game is bad. But do I do I celebrate people that made a choice and and made hundreds of millions of dollars and then they decided, you know what, I want out? Like, is that something that should be lauded? You know what I mean? Is that something? And, you know, I see that 50 Cent produced this, this uh, you know, for Lionsgate uh, sound. Well, and, I know, produced it with 50 Cent. Right, right, right. But I'm saying like 50, it's just... It's so funny, like 50 was a big time drug dealer in his day. Like he would, he would abhor celebration of It's not uh, celebration, it's telling a story. That's storytelling. Right. Like I just made a show uh, called Scamander, which went viral worldwide. It was number one in like six countries. Yeah. And it was about a woman who faked cancer. I'm not <laughs> celebrating her. Mm-hmm. I'm telling her story and it actually gave right. a lot of justice to a lot of people who've been betrayed by people like her. Right. So storytelling isn't about lauding right. or anything. You, okay. As a as a as a storyteller, which is what I do, mm-hmm. like my job, and as a journalist, is to is to give you. It's fascinating. You mm-hmm. can decide as right. a viewer, as a listener, right. what you think. But my job, if I do it your way round, that is judgment. Yeah, that is totally. not telling a story. So, right. what surviving El Chapo is is. You know, the Flores twins spoke for the very first time. I spent a lot of time with the family to get to know them. And then I told their story. Like, it's not mm. for me to yeah. decide what their story is. Right. That's their story. Right. But then to go underneath the nuance of that story, why did they make those decisions? You know, because you, to your point, you're going on about $100 million mm. that they were making. So they were only in their 20s, right? They were really young. Yeah. And I think it's important to me, maybe, and, and I'm intrigued because I thought you would think it's important to understand why people get into these situations. Yeah, it is. So, I'm just trying so, to maintain my street cred on YouTube. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I just want to I'm just like that. challenge you every second. Yeah, yeah. I just, so, I, I, so, you know, yeah. that, that, so just to finish my point is like, to me, that's important, right? Mm-hmm. Otherwise you're just compl- like, yeah. I could come in and judge you and I don't judge you yeah. Yeah. because, you know, because of your past, right? right? So- to me, I mean, this is this is something I question at the end of the series. It's like, can you ever have redemption? Can you ever mm-hmm. um, change? Can you ever, I mean, can the Flores twins live a, a normal life in the Flores family? Well, I mean, I, I don't want to spoil it, but their wives, I mean, one wife's going to prison as we're recording, the other right. wife's going to prison in, in two months' time. Okay, this there's is, kid, there's this kids. is wild, yeah. So you're like, hang yeah. on a second, you're passing that trauma to the kids. Like they oh, tried yeah. to change their life and then- so for me, telling the story of why they cooperated, mm. because, you know, hundred millions, hundred millions, they could have 
they were like literally, uh, they could have just become Chapo, right? Mm. So they were winning. They weren't They weren't arrested and then decided to cooperate. Right, right? which is even worse. <laughs> I think what they did is even more, if I'm looking at it from a street view, from a from a criminal view, I'm like, they they did something even more. So so it's better to just carry on being a criminal then. Is that it, what is that more street cred? When you when you get arrested, so is, that faced, is that a is that a good it, life? I, I, th I think when you're a high level criminal and you get arrested and you're looking at life in prison, that that's when you're you really I, I can understand a person who, exactly yeah. who could at least look at the considerations, right? That's it's which is the norm, right? Yeah, of course, because and it's human nature, and yeah. I understand that, but. Um, no, 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 look, I- uh, but, they, but my point is that they were at the top, right? Right. They were winning in every respect. There was no suspicion about them from the cartel. And there was no, I mean, they were fugitives, but the, mm -hmm. the police weren't after them. The feds weren't after them. They were after Chapo, right? Right. You guys, I got dates. I am coming on the road to see you and your mother. November 1st, I'm gonna be in Bridgeport, Connecticut. November 2nd, I'm gonna be in New Brunswick, New Jersey. November 5th, I'm in New York City for the New York Comedy Festival with Ian Bick. We're doing a live episode of The Connect and a stand-up show at the New York Comedy Club. On November 15th, I'm in Dallas, Texas. November 16th, Austin at the Vulcan Gas Company. Do not miss that one. December 14th, I'm in San Diego, and then rounding out the year, December 21st, I'm at Zany's Comedy Club in Chicago. I got a lot of Chicago fans. You must come out to that one. It's gonna be great. I love meeting you guys on the road. I'm so thrilled that you come out and see my comedy. Go to johnnymitchell.biz to get your tickets. Let's get back into the episode, and I will see you out there, America. Okay, okay, can I actually, so let's get into some facts now. Let's talk about like the timeline. Uh, and I'll just speed this up because um, I want to get to them in Mexico when they were fugitives. Okay. So uh, who are the Flores twins? It's Peter. Yeah, and Jay. Peter and Jay. They grew up in Chicago, yeah. but their father's- in Little Village. Yeah. Little Village. Uh, we've had people, guests on the show who grew up with them and remember them. Um, oh, they drug dealers from a young age, seven years old. They saw their but, father- Yeah, sorry, go on. Dishing yeah. out kilos of cocaine- well, well, they were used and groomed by their father. So okay. like, that's an another important point. So right. to me, as a storyteller, I'm right. like, well, no, they weren't drug dealers at seven. They were seven. You don't get a freaking choice no, as a seven no year choice. old. Right. Come on. Right. Like right. you're a child yeah. and that's important to remember. Right. When you're brought up in that situation, in that, in, in that life where your father comes out of prison. So the father was in prison, right? Mm -hmm. And the father comes out of prison when they're seven years old, um, you know, they're, older brother is associated with the Latin Kings right. um, in Chicago. And the father grooms them. They don't know that what they're doing right. and uses the twins as, you know, seven year old innocent kids yeah. to, um, to basically move drugs across the border. And so he's got, you know, two kids in the back. Oh yeah, look, my two kids, wow. you know, so, and uses them to be able to get drugs yeah. across the border. Was he just trafficking in marijuana back then? Yeah. The father? Yeah. Okay. And were they, is this, was he part of a cartel, the father, or was he just one of these guys, a trafficker no. for one of the families? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, he was a drug trafficker. Gotcha. But a big drug trafficker. Right, right. Um, he goes to prison when they're very young, right? Well, when they were, when their mother was pregnant with them, he goes to prison. Right. So for the first seven years he wasn't even of there. their life, he wasn't even there. So when they came, he came out of prison, he basically used the twins yeah. to continue his mm -hmm. drug dealing and drug trafficking and use them as little kids. And mm -hmm. 
you know, you know, they were told to count money. Mm. Um, you know, they had to wrap marijuana in the gas tanks for him and drive oh. across the border to and fro. And he did it as like, this is an education oh. lesson, not in drugs, but an education in like travel. Yeah. So, you know, they <laughs> drive along like the, the freeway and be like, you know, this is this, con this is, I don't know, not this country, but you know, this city, this is uh, where the, the gentlemen world. go. This is where yeah. the horses are. This yeah. is the cows. This is blah, 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 uh, blah. You know, so it was like an education that's, trip. Oh, interesting. So he was like throwing in like geography. He was almost trying to make it like a normal childhood road yeah. trip. This is the America's biggest yeah. ball of yarn over here. Yeah. And Whatever. Also, yeah. And then, you know, if they, if you sold the drugs, he would then take them for like steak and is mm. a reward. And it mm. would like, look, if you do, if you do these things and you get money, then you can have this reward. So it was yeah. also teaching them about business and reward, yeah. I think. But, you know, it wasn't like, they were like, dad, we're seven years old, teaches about drug traffic and mm. they didn't understand. No seven year old really right. would understand. And that's just part of their life, right? So to me, it is they were groomed into, yeah. into that situation. They didn't have much of a choice. No. Uh, and who's the older brother? They have an older brother. Yeah, called twins. Armando. Armando. And how did he fit into the picture? So he was part, he was part of um, the Latin Kings, um, mm. you know, a high up leader. Right. Um, but he didn't want the twins to get into that life. So I'll try and do it quickly because the father got, um, a re well, the police were after, the feds were after the father again Yeah. Um, when the twins were like 11, 12 years old. And then he escaped to Mexico as a fugitive and tried to blame it on um, one of their, one of their, not on the twins, but another brother. And there was nobody left to basically blame it on. So he ran off to Mexico and took the twins and they were there for about a year and they wanted to be back in Chicago because they weren't very happy. Yeah. And um, so the brother, older brother Armando agreed to look after them in the family home. So they went back um, and were looked after by Armando. And then Armando got arrested and they were like at this point kind of young teenagers and they were left with bills, like a lot of debt. Drug um, debt? Um, or regular Regular. Debt. Okay. Regular debt. Gotcha. And um, so they were left on their own to fend for themselves and they didn't go, you know, they started working at McDonald's, yeah. you know, uh -huh. as, as <laughs> you know, so many do. teenagers yeah. do, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, so they, so it wasn't like they kind of went into drug dealing. And I say this not to be like, not as a kind of bias or to stick mm. up for them purely as fact. Yeah. So they went uh, and worked, you know, like so many teenagers do in McDonald's and then, um, an associate mm. of Armando, the older brother, um, approached them and said, you know, will you do this for us? And they had a lot of debt. And so they did that one thing. And then, you know, one thing led to another, right? And what's really interesting about them, whatever anybody thinks, they're extremely clever. Mm -hmm. They are so intelligent. I've met so many people in my life. I've done so much, so many different walks of life. And you know, they're probably one of the most wow. group intelligent mm. people I've ever met. Mm -hmm. So if they had applied themselves in a different way or they'd have had a different upbringing, or I don't know if their father was a lawyer, yeah. then they probably would be known in a different way. Their they'd, names would be known in a different yeah. way because they are that smart. They'd be huge and, podcasters. And what, yeah, <laughs> they'd be huge. <laughs> they'd be sat in your seat. Yeah, absolutely. Um, <laughs> so, and I think the combination of them, 
is really interesting as well because I think that's where their success came from. And that combination of the twin, I think, relationship is yeah. really interesting, which made them a huge success. So that's how they ended up um, in the situation that they did. And right. by the time they were like 17, they'd, they'd made a million dollars cash. Mm -hmm. Are they selling marijuana or is it now cocaine? Cocaine. Because we're in the, like the late 90s or mid to late 90s, yeah. right? Uh, where is Armando? Did he get sent to prison? Yeah. Okay. So now they are really on their own. Yeah, they're totally on their own. Wow. And where was the mother? With the father in Mexico. In Mexico. Did he ever return to, uh, to the, the U.S.? No. Is he still well, a, a fugitive? No, he's dead. Oh, right. And this is going to, this comes Do you want me to it. tell you now? Uh, sure. Why? What happened? Yeah. Yeah, well, he was murdered by the cartel because of what the twins did. Wow. But so I, I should expand on that. So um, you asked, did he return to America? So he did return to the US when the twins cooperated. So the twins, you know, they cooperated. They, um, I'm skipping forward, but we can mm -hmm. rewind. And mm -hmm. then, so yeah, I can just tell you this yeah. bit. Yeah, there's a lot so, to it. So don't yeah, worry about that. So the twins cooperated against mm -hmm. El Chapo. Um, and that's why it's called Surviving El Chapo, mm. the twins who brought down a drug lord. And so they were, they were kind of pulled out of Mexico. So the twins are in Mexico, which I know we need to talk about. Mm -hmm. And they took, uh, they said, you know, the father, the brother, the wives, they have to get out of Mexico now. Otherwise the cartel are going to slaughter the whole family once they find out. Right. So they escaped through the Mexico border to the U S and as part of the cooperation, the U S gave the father, um, an, a U.S. visa, right? Right. Um, and made sure that he wouldn't kind of get sent back. And so um, he lived in the States for a while, but then uh, was struggling by all accounts and really wanted to go back to Mexico, which he felt, even though he, you know, he lived in Chicago, he felt that was his place. Mm -hmm. um, and, and he was so, out of the game. They weren't helping him with money. Like, no. Oh, wow. Okay. Um, and the twins are in prison at this right, point. Right, right. Okay. So, no. And so the father goes back in a nutshell. He goes back to Mexico. One of uh, Jay's wife, Val, um, tried to stop him. He went back to Mexico. And then the car, you know, there was a note found and uh, warning the twins to be quiet. And that was the consequence. So the cartel mm. killed uh, their father uh, as a consequence of what the twins yeah. did. Yeah. And they found out when they were cooperating and cooperation, which we also need to talk about, isn't, you don't just sit there and go, Hey Johnny, so um, Chapo did this <laughs> yeah. and blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Uh, no, see it's, ya. it's not it's just, like it's not just one meeting. Years and years of, and years. They cooperated yeah. for years mm -hmm. and it mm -hmm. was six years before they even knew mm. what their sentence would be. That's how long they cooperated yeah. for. In the first eight months they cooperated and profited every single mm -hmm. day while they were in the shoe in solitary. Mm -hmm. And so during that time, um, they were told that, so it was quite early on that the father mm -hmm. had been killed yeah. by the cartel and there was a note left to yeah. warn them. Wow. That they, they, somebody snuck them a note in no, while the, they were the, in the shoe? No, the note was left on his, on, on the father's car that was found in Mexico. Oh, so they disappeared his body. Yeah. They never even found him. No. Are, are they originally from Sinaloa or where is his father from in Mexico? That's a really good question. No, they're not from Sinaloa. Because I'm, I'm curious. So, but, uh, so years sorry. before they, they're now in their early twenties, they're kingpins. Yeah. I mean, and young kingpins. And they're now in Mexico. 
not in Chicago anymore. Right. So they tell us about how they ended up in Mexico. I think a lot of people don't know about their fugitive days. No. Okay. So go ahead and tell us how that happened. So I think what, uh, just something to point out, because I know it's really important to the twins, is that, um, you know, they are American. You're right. Because I think some people mistake, they're not, me you know, their heritage is yeah. Mexican, but they're American. Mm -hmm. They're born and bred in America. They're U.S. citizens. Yeah. You know, and they're Chicago people. Right. What do you call Chicago people? Chicago Chicagoans. Chicagoans. Yeah. Um, and I think that's really important because uh, they often say, you know, look, when when we're Americans, we're, this mm. was done in the yep. US. Because yep. I think there's, you can blame, yeah. there's a tendency to blame Mexicans or blame, yeah. inter, you know, people that aren't from America, right? And right. so I think that's really important yeah. to get across. And I know it's important to them. Oh, yeah, um, yeah. Well, so, I think I, if you're born like that, Mexican, if you're from parents from Mexico, uh, again, ignorant Americans. I thought you were Australian. <laughs> we we call people, even Mexican Americans born here, identify themselves. They're like, I'm Mexican. So you yeah. you say I'm Mexican, but what you're really saying is I'm I'm Mexican born in the U.S. Like how somebody who's first generation will say I'm Italian, but yeah. your your grandparents Actually are American. born there. Yeah. So, but they were perfectly set up to be kingpins because they've got direct connections to the old country. Yeah. So, but yeah. yeah, yeah, and they also don't forget had that little education from their father right, who right. introduced them to yeah. Mexican mm -hmm. life in Mexico. Do you think if they had been from Mexico, they would have cooperated? Because if you're from Mexico, you you're well. I don't think they'd have got to where they were. Right, because they wouldn't have had the distribution connections yeah. in the U.S. Yeah. So who right. they were was they were the key to distribution for Chapo, right. basically. So they were America's biggest drug traffickers at the time. Yeah. Um, so Because so they were the ones that got the cocaine into America. So I don't think they would have got to where they were. You know, this is just right. my opinion, I right. don't know. Why were they so good at distribution? Is it because they had the best product at the lowest price and that allowed them to go to all the other wholesale distributors and, and be like, hey, you're not going to find a better deal. Was that how they were able to make so many connections or is it because they were just such good business people? I think they were such good business people. Okay. Honestly, like I go back to what I was saying, they're extremely clever, intelligent mm -hmm. people. Where was their cocaine coming from when they were in their late teens, early twenties, before they went on the run, when they were still in Chicago, who were they, what organization were they working for? Well, it, or with, I'll say. Well, it did all go back to, um, you know, the cartels in, in you know. But which one? The Sinaloa cartel. Okay. Okay. But so, obviously they didn't know at the time right. that it wasn't like they had direct connections to Chapo at the time. Right, but right. But it still came from the same, you know. Region, but there yeah. was a, a bunch of, there was the Beltran Levias, there was Well, no, they were all together at the time. Oh, it was one federation yeah, yeah, in the yeah, 90s. Yeah. Interesting. So, but they- So it was before the federation split. So who were they getting it from though? So who, who was actually- well, I don't know their exact supplier. Is that what you're asking me? Yeah, yeah. But I- <laughs> Do you want me to know his name? Do you want me to find out his name? But if they're, but if they're getting- <laughs> I, don't, I don't know his name. But if they're getting huge, if they're getting it directly from the cartel, yeah. then- Through people. Right. Okay. Right? So, but they, gotcha. But they don't act, yeah. They're not on the lines no. with the kingpins yet. Okay. No, 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 no. That relationship hasn't started- and please ask me about that because how that relationship yes, with Chapo yes. started is so wild. fascinating, yeah. and totally wild. Yeah. Okay. Um, so no, at the time they didn't have that relationship, but 
But I think a few things, um, and I'd be interested to see what you think, is why they were so good at it. I think one, they're extremely smart. They learn supply and demand in McDonald's. So going back to McDonald's, um, this is an amazing story. This is in season one at the very beginning. Um, and I love this story because one of the workers, you know, by the way, like 15 years old. Yeah. And I think a lot of kids, I mean, I look at myself, I mean, I was quite entrepreneurial and I think it's also to do with the fact that, you know, my mum had me as a teenager. I'm from a really poor family. Yeah. We didn't have any money. So I was always like, mm. awesome. you know, like I was stacking shelves and then I was trying to like stack the wine at like 14, 15 years old and learn about the wines to pretend I knew what I was talking about yeah. and all that kind yeah. of stuff to, you know, try right. and elevate myself, mm -hmm. you know, and earn yeah. more money. So I think you get that entrepreneurial yeah. spirit when you come from nothing, right? Absolutely. And you have sometimes, it, well, the majority of time is about survival, not mm -hmm. about material or pleasure. Mm -hmm. It's just about being able to survive. So um, there's a great story when they're working in McDonald's and, you know, one of the workers drops the cheese and um, they pick the cheese back up again to use. And Pete's like, the fuck you doing? Like, don't use it again. Just use the other cheese in the fridge. Throw that one away. Mm. It's not your money. <laughs> and I thought that was really interesting because then they started to learn things like that, where it's like, it's not your money. Don't, yeah. don't, you know, use all mm -hmm. cheese mm -hmm. that you've just dropped on the floor. And they started to use these things in how, in distribution, yeah. right? So they were, they understood supply and demand through working at McDonald's. Mm -hmm. And um, I think, they're very charming, which I think makes a difference. Mm -hmm. So I think they're very likable. You know, but they're also Mexican and, and well, dealing, they're also, dealing they were trustworthy, but right. I think how they got into the, so I know we're skipping forward. They also got so infiltrated in the cartel is because they were, they were seen as really trustworthy right, right. and they were seen as like, you know, they could speak, in, you know, course, they were English and it's, Spanish. It's, they could go between both cultures, American mm -hmm. and Mexican. Yeah. Um, but you know, they're really smart people and not everybody's smart. Not everybody's naturally right. smart. Were they, were they trafficking it themselves across the border when they were, you know, late teens, early twenties, or did they have, did the cartels take care of that for them and then just say, Hey, yeah, no, they a, weren't traffic. They, no, they weren't doing that. At that, that they, age. Were, they were like, there's you know, just going to be getting, a load. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Okay, there's gotcha. going to be a load here. And then they started to set up, um, you know, stash houses right. in, in Chicago. Yeah. And they, you know, only put stash houses in posh, fancy, rich places, right? right? So you think of like, to me, the, they have so much foresight. But again, what I found really interesting when I got to know them is that relationship between them is fascinating because I'm not sure one person could have done it. Right. So the fact that you've got, <clears throat> you've got twins Mm -hmm. And so they are chalk and cheese. Yeah. So I think that really helps yeah. because they can, one of them's super, I mean, they're both charming and they're yeah. both, they're both, they're both very polite. Whatever you think, this is fact. They're very polite, very, um, in, you know, they'll ask you about you. They're very, um, friendly, yeah. lovely. Right. They are genuinely yeah lovely people. And I think that goes a long way, right? You yeah. don't get far in business by needing an absolute, totally. you don't, because totally. you end up getting found out and people mm. don't want to work with you, whether you're dealing drugs or I don't know, working in finance. That's right. You know, it's, right. it's still about relationships and network. Yeah. But I think it's the fact that they also had this like incredible loyalty because they're twins and they're identical twins. That I don't know whether people have, 
so there was that trust between them and they never made a decision without each other and they still like that right. to this day. Right. Which I I think is really, really unique. Totally. Totally. So to me, it's not like you're like, it's not just about, you know, did they just figure out distribution? To me, it's a lot about like, but this is how I look at things as well. It it it's about who they are as people mm-hmm. and the way they did they did business. And yeah. people liked doing business with them. Very and they were trustworthy and respectful. Mm-hmm young men right yeah. and they weren't you know they were businessmen and that's how they saw yeah. themselves rather yeah, than of course violent chaotic yeah people where you they were volatile mm-hmm. right these the of twins course. weren't and i think then you know it's like in any walk of life mm-hmm. you start to trust those people mm-hmm. and then they deliver right. then you rely on them yeah. then it builds out and builds out and builds out for sure they still have the best price though because have the best price. That, that that's <laughs> just goes without saying yeah um, cause they're, they're plugged in. So now, uh, tell us about how they ended up on the run, how they ended up in Mexico. So, um, you know, they did, um, they were very successful in Chicago yeah. from a very, very young age. And then, um, did they give you an idea of the volume they were moving in those days? Oh God. Um, like, are we talking a hundred kilos a week? Are we talking a thousand I- a month? I do know, and I can't think. They were millionaires, though. Yeah. Okay. Oh, yeah. Gotcha. But like 17. Yeah, crazy. So what would that amount to? I mean, well, it just depends on how much you're moving. It depends on how much a they lot. were getting a kilo for and how much they were selling it for. That's all. Yeah. So by the time they're in their early 20s, there's a Fed case that comes down on them, right? Yeah, and they they wanted. So, but then at the same time, um, one of the brothers, Pete, yeah. gets kidnapped and this is his first kidnap. All There's right. a few kidnaps. But there in. are they, oh, this is his first kidnap. He gets yeah. kidnapped in Chicago. Yeah. Dude, did this guy not have bodyguards? How, how does he keep getting kidnapped? I know, <laughs> and that's actually a bit of the beef between the two of them because it's the same one that gets kidnapped every right. time. <laughs> so it's it like, becomes couldn't like, Jay get kidnapped once? Yeah, it's like, and, and um, I mean, you know, it's really interesting sometimes listening to them argue because when I first um, got to know them, a lot of the stuff had never been discussed before between wow. them. So it, so they it were was like fascinating airing out to their capture. feelings yeah. for and the first time about it. Yeah. And it was really important to me that going back to the beginning of our conversation that I would never have got this story or this insight and been able to bring this story to life if I'd have sat there and judged them. And of course. And that's not why I'm here to do. And yeah. and I, you know, I've spent a lot of time with them. I've spent the last couple of years with them. Yeah. And you really get close and you get mm. to know somebody. Yeah. And that's the only way that I could have brought the mm. reality of this story. So I was part of a lot of arguments as well. Yeah, yeah, for <laughs> and sure. it was interesting to listen. And one yeah. of them was, you know, but you don't understand. I, you know, I was kidnapped, but Jay's like, yeah, but I was the one that had to get out of these right. situations. So that's also a pressure. Right. And that also has a, um, you know, an impact on you. Of course. Um, but yeah, it was always Pete who that kidnapped, was kidnapped. Who kidnapped him? The first time. Well, the first time it was a guy who then, who became known as basically somebody who was called Saul who kept kidnapping people for money. Yeah. And that's what he became known for. All right. So he kidnapped um, Pete and, um, but Jay found out who kidnapped him and mm. then managed to get him. But they, he disguised ha- himself as police. Oh, right. Um, but Pete was like, mm, this is, the- I know you're not police. Oh, so they pull- did he pull him over or something or he knocked on his door? No, the, he was on a motorbike basically wow. and then grabbed him as right. pretending they were feds and mm-hmm. then it, it wasn't. But it's really interesting because um, they don't get their revenge on him straight away, but they do get revenge on him 
years okay. later okay. when they end up cooperating. Right. Oh, wow. Get my drift. Yes. And I found that interesting as well because, you know, going back to why they were so successful, um, I'm not sure I would have been able to emotionally control myself yeah. like that if somebody had done that to me. But they did emotionally control themselves and it was all about strategy. That's right. Patience. Rather, patience, patience. strategy, um, the long game rather mm -hmm. than, right, we're going to go right. and get him right. for kidnapping. How much Pete. did Jay have to get Pete, pay to get Pete out? Oh God, I have no idea. Okay. A lot of money. Right. So um, And negotiating and a mm -hmm. group of people to help negotiate. Right. And so then after that, they fled to Mexico. Oh, so they didn't go, they didn't go on the run because there was a, a, a DEA warrant out for them. Oh no, they did. Yeah. Okay. So there was, so it just the, happened at the same time. Wow. Okay. Yeah, damn. So the heat's coming time. up. The yeah. heat's coming down. Yeah. Okay. So Jay left, you know, and that's at the same time he met, you know, he married Val. Right. Who's his wife. Mm -hmm. Um, and, and they all went on the run together. The, all the, the whole they brought the in kids. In the end, yeah. yeah. So like Val and Jay went over and then Pete, they went over first and then Pete, um, you know, met them across the border right. and then they fled to Mexico as fugitives when they were like, you know, 20, 21 years old. Uh, where were they hiding out? Were they in Sinaloa? Lots of places. Oh, oh, so they were moving around. Yeah, not Sinaloa. Okay. Um, they didn't go to Sinaloa okay. until they met Chapo. Gotcha. And tell us how they, how they met. <laughs> <laughs> so... Pete got kidnapped. <laughs> Jesus Again. Christ, this fucking guy. I know. I mean, you know, in all seriousness, it really changed him. Mm. And I'm when he walked me through what happened, you could see, um, again, whatever you think, people are human mm. and have emotions and <laughs> aren't robots. And so it did have a severe impact on him uh, mentally. Um and I mean, you know, PTSD from that must be horrific. Why did they so, kidnap him though? I, I... So, okay, you ready for this? Yeah. So <laughs> this is how they met Chapo. So I'm going to rewind. I've just kind of done the spoiler first. Mm -hmm. So Pete got kidnapped. Um, he went to see a guy called Lupe. He was like his uncle, Theo, and, um, but not blood related. And um, they'd done loads of business together. And um, all of a sudden, Pete wasn't there. So Pete went on his own and, and they're like, where's Pete? So they're all kind of phoning around going, oh, where's Pete gone? And um, then it turns out, they find out that Pete's got kidnapped yeah. again um, in a short space of time after the last one as God well. Um, and then Jay finds out like, who's got him, who's got him, who's got him, right? And they're like, Chapo's got him. And did they know who Chapo was? Was Chapo famous? I mean, do you know who Chapo was? But in 2000 or 98, whenever this was, I, I don't know that the world really knew. He wasn't, he didn't have the worldwide infamy yet. They knew who Chapo was. Okay, gotcha. Yeah. Gotcha. So um, why, why did they target them? But this was like, yeah, I suppose it was like 90s, early 2000s. So no, they did know Chapo. So, yeah. um, so it was like Chapo. Chapu has got him. Right. So then Jay had to try and figure out a way through lots of different people yeah. and the lieutenants um, to be able to go and meet Chapo. He's like, I want to go meet Chapo. So he flies to Sinaloa the first time he's gone to Sinaloa, going back to your question, they weren't yeah. based in Sinaloa. Right. And he um, meets Chapo for the first time. And it's just, the description is amazing. You have to listen to it yeah. because this is in the first season um, of surviving on Chapo because he's like, 
he's kind of just like, oh man, <laughs> he's just like one, he's just like my dad. Yeah. You know, that's what yeah. Jay was like. He's just like, you know, when we, and there was this whole obviously perception about him. Mystique. Yeah. About him. And he's like, he's just come in with a trucker's cap on mm -hmm. and he's like, you know, um, how can I help you? Yeah. You know, <laughs> it's right. brilliant. Cause I end one of the episodes there. Yeah. Um, and, um, so it turns out Chapo's got him and Chapo's like, you owe me money. And Jay's like, I don't owe you money. He's like, yeah, you owe me 10 million. And he's like, no, I don't owe you. And he goes, Lupe says you owe me 10 million. Wow. Oh. So. So Lupe owed him 10 million. Yeah. And, and blamed, blamed the it twins. on it. In on a nutshell, it's a bit more complicated than that, but yes. Wow. Um. So, and Jay's like, okay. And this is so fascinating because this, then links to how they ended up getting Chapo years later when they cooperated because they didn't cooperate with the Fed's approval in a way because the Fed's were like, well, we don't deal with fugitives. So they had to get Chapo on tape to be able to cooperate. So then I'm going to rewind you back to this moment where Jay's with Chapo and Chapo goes, prove it to me then. Here's a, go and get a recorder and record Lupe. Right. Wow. So that gave them the idea years later wow. to then course, record to start recording. with exactly the same type of equipment. Right. And returned it back on him. Do you Again, think, they're very clever. Do you think they held that against Chapo even even after, you know, Pete no. was freed? They never held the kidnapping against him. No. Okay, gotcha. No, because it was Lupe. Right. So I think Jay said he was really disappointed because he was like, Well, let me tell you what happened. So they went to to speak to Lupe and this kind of like ruckus, you know, yeah, you know, kind of built came out and Jay's got the recording and he's like, Oh my God. Like, cause they patted him down. He's like, Oh my God, if they find the recording, but they didn't find the recording. Cause they would have probably, I don't know what they'd have done, but I yeah. presume it would have been trouble. They're not the same situation because they were leaving Pete to, to die basically. So at this point, Pete's in a really bad state. So Pete's not just there going, oh yeah, come on, rescue me. Pete's like not eating, you know, yeah. he's really in a bad way and his kidneys were starting to fail. So, um, yeah. And so they managed to get, Jay manages to get Lupe on tape, goes back to Sinaloa. Um, and there's a really funny little story where, the pilot who's the best pilot of Sinaloa is this young lad, young boy with flip-flops driving the <laughs> plane. And he's like, no, that, and Jay's like, oh my God. <laughs> and then like another thing happens while they're in the air and et cetera, et cetera. And then they go back to, Jay goes back to Chapo and he's like with his best mate and he's like, here's the recording, listens to the recording. And Chapo's like, oh, Lupe, what have you done, Lupe? But anyway, I still need $10 million. So yeah. Jay's like, what the fuck? And he's so disappointed because he's proved that it's not, because they pride themselves on never owing, you know, they pride yeah. themselves again on this trust and yeah. not being Paying the connect. scumbags basically. Mm -hmm. And yeah, it's like all about loyalty in a kind of unloyal, disloyal world, which again, I find really interesting because to me, there was more loyalty than sometimes I see in my own life mm -hmm. oh, um, yeah. by people, yeah. which again, there's a judgment that it isn't, but actually if we look at, we're so quick to judge on the other side. They really then, broke that loyalty though, unfortunately. Uh, so yeah, but that was, but that was out of their own 
choice to save themselves. But anyway, hang on. So, um, but but how did that resolve itself? Because I, I heard well, then that he had the, to go and collect, he had to go and get ten million dollars. So he just had to basically go. So Jay had hustle. to go, yeah, and hustle, yeah, and collect. And then they actually laid all their jewelry out and got an appraiser to come and yeah, let you know, yeah. So that they, they you know and they sold all their jewelry, including the wedding rings Whoa. of both the wives, both you know P and yeah. J, yeah, and to get the money, right. Um, because of Lupe. Right. Um, but Chapo did go and get Lupe. So you went and killed Lupe. And yeah. And then, um, so anyway, Jay goes and gives the money and then um, like Chapo's like, okay, release Pete because right. he's literally about to die. Yeah. He was yeah. that bad. He got, kid, you know, kidney failure, like yeah. I said. And um, then they just let Pete out in the middle of nowhere and Jay's trying to find him. And he's like, okay, I've, I've got a rough idea and Pete's like, you know, all over the place. I don't know where I am, I don't yeah. know where I am. And like in the middle of nowhere. Mm -hmm. And it's a really powerful story because I play the whole thing out with Jay trying to find Pete. Wow. And Jay's like trying to flash his headlights and he's like, because they left him with a phone, can you see the headlights? And eventually they man he manages to find him and Pete's like can hardly stand up. I, I don't get how these people, I don't get the mindset. It's like, why can't Chapo just arrange a ride for him? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Cause, cause now they, and, and then they kill Lupe and then Chapo's like, well, Hey, I need a guy to distribute for me. Would you like to do and it? And that's like, what happens. It's so, so in the end, God, and, but, e weird. but even when, um, even, yeah, even before they've got Pete, Chapo's like, oh, okay, well I want you to yeah. come away with me. And Jay's like, you know, with all due respect, sir, <laughs> that's fine, but I want to get my brother back, yeah. you know? And then yeah. Chapo does say, you know, my brother got killed. Right. Um, and he so, says, no, no amount of money is worth losing yeah, no, your brother. No amount of money is worth losing that's your brother. That's what Chapo that's says. To, to Jay. Yeah. Even though Chapo knows that right. it's not Jay that owes the money. Yeah. But, you know, Chapo doesn't care, right. I suppose, because he wants his $10 million. Yeah. Um. So anyway, and then he managed to get Pete. And then Pete, I, I asked Pete after that, I said, because in my head, I'm like, well, wouldn't that change you, right? Maybe that would change what you, your decisions, maybe. And I said to Pete, you know, after that, did it change you? And, you know, I spoke to his wife and his wife said that for a long time, for a while, Pete was, you know, in a locked in a room because he couldn't face the light and he yeah. really he PTSD. struggled. PTSD, yeah. but also really bad physical health issues. Yeah. Um, yeah, and, you know, he was locked up for a long time in horrific torture conditions. Right. Um, and Pete said, yeah, it did. And I said, well, did it stop you? And he said, no, it actually, I, I went in higher and further. Yeah. And I said, why? And I thought it was really interesting because he felt that's the only way he could prevent that from happening again. Is to get richer. To get more, well, I wouldn't say richer, I'd say more power. Yeah, well, that's I all, say it's that's about all the money. based off money. I would. I would. It costs a lot of money to keep those operations yeah. moving. So power. But because of power, because yeah. he saw safety in power. Yeah. yeah. But yes, you need money for that. But I mean, like, which I, you know, because you think, well, you know, they can't just get out anyway. They can't just exit. So it's not as simple as like, oh, well, you were kidnapped. You're in this really bad state. Like exit the situation. Of course. They're not going to let them exit. But, yeah. you know, would they try and like low? But mm -hmm. no, he said they upped the ante. Right. Because it made him feel like that's the only way he could protect himself is by having more power. So now they're, Which, they're you know, I understand that psychology in a way. Yeah, no, absolutely. You guys, I got to take a minute to thank our longtime sponsor and friend of the show, Mood CBD. Mood is the number one Delta 8 
and Delta 9 products company in the country. And they deliver everywhere. Even if you live in a state where you don't have full legalization yet, Mood CBD can deliver discreetly and legally to your doorstep. Okay. They have a, an amazing array of gummies, edibles, pre rolls, uh, flour, anything you need in the Delta 8 and Delta 9 world, they have. I use their products every day. I use it for my injury. I use it to help me sleep. Uh, they're just the best. Go to their website right now, you guys, and use those promo codes. If you're a fan of the show, you know, connect 20 to get 20% off anything on their website. Okay. And then of course, if you want a free five count pack of gummies, use promo code connect free, and they'll just send you a free pack of gummies. All you do is pay for shipping. Go over to hellomood.co right now and get you some. You know, what was interesting is you said they actually, yeah, they got bigger. So now they're, they're in Mexico and Chapo is their connect. He's their supplier. Um, they were then exporting. These guys are Mexican Americans, but they're on the Mexican side and they're now moving. They're now smuggling drugs across the border. They're on the supply end. Yeah. And so, they still got their same people in Chicago. Right. So they've got their. So that's how, you know, right. going back to your question, I don't think they would have been able to do that if they were Mexican. Right. Because they'd already set up a community. Uh, you know, community. A community, yeah. I don't know, a, network. Community, a network yeah. in yeah. America. So they've got Chicago. their buyers in America, but they have the the best price. They are the source. Yeah. And so now it's like, did they give you an idea of the kind of money they were making? And what were they moving? Well, were when I asked that, they said that well, they just didn't even know it was that much. It was that much. It was that much that they even lost count of how much money they were working. What, was it? They were making, sorry. Was it Coke? It, it, it yeah, went it was from cocaine. weed to coke, but then it was heroin because they got Chapo mm. on the wire talking about, I want 40 kilos of heroin. Yes. No, yes, but it was not, they weren't doing heroin until the very, very until end the, and they didn't want to do it. So it was, it was mainly all cocaine Strictly and it was cocaine. only at the very end that, gotcha. um, that, that kind of came into conversation yeah. or into the situation yeah. and they didn't agree with, with <laughs> that. And again, I'm just telling you no, what no, they no. said. A lot, a lot of, it's not for me to- A lot of people yeah. don't want to dabble in heroin. Yeah, they look at it as different than coke. Yes. Yeah. Which and I, that's what I, they told I understand. Me. Yeah. Um, so, but did, they did They did that because they were. They spent eight months trying to set, trying to get that phone call. Yeah. Right. Trying so to get again, that. it wasn't like, you know, they spent yeah. eight months in that situation where every day they were like- is somebody going to find out what we're doing? Okay. So there, so there, where were they, how long were they working directly with Chapo before they decided to turn? Not very long. Talking like a couple of years, a couple of years, a yeah, couple yeah. of years. Uh, were they, did they set up shop in Culiacan or were they somewhere else in Mexico? All over. Yeah. 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 I mean, I, they were in Culiacan, but they were like all, they were all over. And what they used to do is like, they'd um, buy a house but they wouldn't put their name on it. So they buy a house outright, never put their name on it. Yeah. And then when they felt there was some kind of risk or suspicion, they'd move and they'd just leave everything behind. Just abandon, abandon course, the house with all their belongings in it and then move to the next house and the next house. And they mm -hmm. just went to loads of different places mm -hmm. across Mexico. Right, right, right. Okay. Cause and yeah, never you, stayed in one place. Right. Uh, it's a stressful life. That is a stressful yeah. life. It's also crazy. Cause I'm like, is there loads of houses? I mean, it's been a while now, right? But mm -hmm. I'm like, is there loads of houses just left with yeah. people's yeah. belongings in? Because that's what they told me. But I mean, I don't know. Is that's that a, what you, is that what people do? do that's you, a, yeah. You know, because they, they told me that they'd had, they just bought these houses yeah. 
no names probably on already them. furnished on them yeah already, already furnished. furnished and all that yeah and they got yeah somebody to and they did that in chicago you know in chicago with the stash mm-hmm. houses actually they got um one of their connects who used to set up um this woman who used to set up the stash houses and make it look like a house with furnish furnishings yeah. and set it up like a lovely yeah. you know rich person's house but and that's where they'd stash their drugs yeah. and so it's the same concept in a way that yeah. they did in Mexico yeah. and then nobody would be suspicious people yeah. think stash house is like some dodgy warehouse right, right? with a load of drugs in it yeah. not some yeah. posh fancy rich exactly. big mansion with exactly. loads of like <laughs> pots and pans and nice right. furniture in it right yeah yeah, I mean that's a real estate move is buying like here in, in America somebody gets raided in a big old house they go to prison, you know, a real estate speculator will pick that up because then the government will just sell it at auction. So yes, in Mexico that's uh there's many of those. Um so they're they've made a lot of money by this point. Uh they feel why why do they feel like they couldn't get out? Couldn't you feel like you could go on the run? Like, here's my other thing. You've got tens of millions of dollars. Yes, you got million, Hundreds of millions. Hundreds of millions. Yeah, it's far more than tens of millions. That would be doing them injustice. Right. Well, I'm just saying because the money goes so fast. It's like you got to pawn your jewelry. Like, save some money, guys. So they felt like- But that was because that was in the very beginning. That's right. before they started working with Chapo. Right, right. That was like, yeah. you know, that was how they started. Yeah, and it costs a lot of money to go on the run, too. Yeah. So obviously, they can't go back to the States. They've got a warrant out. No, yeah. Uh, they, you can't stay in Mexico if you want to get out of the game. Um, or could you? Like They what said if, no. They, they said they couldn't yeah. have. They couldn't have. They couldn't have gone to, maybe this is an ignorant question. They couldn't have gone to the bosses and be like, I want to get out. But here's somebody else. They'd have killed them. Right, because they know. Is too it, much. They know too much. Yeah, right, and also right. they're not going to go. Oh, you know what? Why didn't you take all? Mm-hmm. Why take a vacation mm. and chill out a little bit? Like it's always on. Yeah. I mean, yeah. that's the other thing that they explained to me. They had like fifty phones each. They had over a hundred phones between them, and 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 I just thinking a lot about your questions over this uh, conversation because um, it is interesting. Like why they were so successful? Again, this is a I think another thing is they were always hands on. So they yeah. had a phone for each person. Right. So that's why they had 50 phones yeah. to cover their back. Yep. So they never used one phone. Mm-hmm. So it's one phone called one person. Mm-hmm. And they they were always really hands-on. And that's what Chapo liked about them because Chapo said, you know, hang on, what? Right. And they were like, no, we always, it's always do our own right. stuff. So they were on 24 right. seven. But from what they told me, again, I'm not, I, I can't say no, they wouldn't have been able to get out mm-hmm. because I'm not, I'm an expert by mm-hmm. proxy. I'm not being in that situation, so I don't know. Yeah. Um, but from what they were explaining to me, you can't get out of that situation. Yeah. Like they were so high up. Yeah. Um, that they were they were so connected in that situation that it would have been impossible for them to get out. And they did think about, well, could we go to like South Spain America, or something? Spain. Yeah. Um, but they they felt like they had no option and that's what they told me gotcha. and you know cuz i did question that i said you know mm-hmm. well could you have tried to escape could you have gone mm-hmm. on the run mm-hmm. and um but also they were like that they didn't want that life anymore they wanted out of the life and that's my problem that's my problem well they wanted that, out of the life right but what's, you, the, but, what's the problem with but, that but you chose the life it's it's they didn't choose the life so you're telling me a 7 year old chooses the life um, they could have. They could have taken At their seven. time. No, of course not. But when they were in their twenties, I mean, look, they they were smart enough to make a choice to go get a job at McDonald's. So by the time they're in their twenties and they've got 
let's say, I don't know, $10 million profit that they've made yeah, just from their, maybe even more. Yeah, they could have got out. They, they could have yeah. just taken the time. They could have, they, they could have chosen, they could have said, hey, I'm going to take a plea deal. They'd never been in trouble before. What would they have gotten? Maybe 10 years, 15 years. They could have taken that stash their money and then got out and either yeah, quit. But, you know, they yeah, could have made a I, choice. So, they so, could so, have made a choice then, but I, I suppose like to to that, bring the, the to be the devil's advocate. With, that's is a problem like, I have with cooperating is but, that you you reaped all the benefits from it, but now you said, ah, I'm gonna tap out. Well, I don't think they tapped out and for ease, trust me. Right, right. <laughs> like right. I've listened to the stories yeah. and what they've been through. Right. And ease is definitely not a word I right. would ever associate okay. for their life or right. what they go through or what they're even going through yeah. um, in the slightest. Right. And you can't tell me that it's been easy on your life and it was easy to change your life and be where you are now. And because if you do, then I think you're absolutely lying to me. <laughs> mm. Well, no, that's a good question though. May I talk about myself for a second? Yeah. I'd so love to hear. I, I was trafficking marijuana and one of my sources back then was cartel members directly connected to Sinaloa and Culiacan. I was buying in bulk from farmers that looked like Chapo. They were all five foot two and they wore little trucker hats and they had really like high voices and they were just cute. You know what I mean? And they were, but they were the cartel, right? When they operated in America. When I got locked up, uh, they had no idea about these guys, but they caught me with so much money. They were like, oh, clearly this guy is a link in a cartel chain because they found like at the end of the day, like almost over a million dollars. My lawyer was like, if you, we can cooperate, but if you do it, I just want you to know it's not going to be one podcast. It's not going to be one sit down with them and then they let you out. You're going to have to do a lot of talking and a lot of walking. Yeah. So yeah, it's I, all I looked or at nothing. that. The government said, I in, I spoke to the government and they said, it's all or nothing when you cooperate. You either yeah. cooperate or you don't. And we tell you yeah, when you're what, done. Yeah, and what, I, what and you're going to give and when you're done. And yeah. I heard that and I was like, I'd rather do, you know, give me five years. I yeah, but you weren't looking at big time, right? You're not looking at that's life. True, that's, that's the true. difference. Uh, of if course. you were looking at 70 years, would you have- And that's what they were threatening them with? They would have got life. They would have died in prison. No, 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 no. But th from their original case from Chicago? No, because they didn't go to the police then. So. Right, right. But did they, was there, my question, was, okay, this is actually important. So to I know. suppose what I'm questioning you is would you have, so you didn't cooperate, right? I did not, but right? because I looked so at- So if they'd have said to you, you know, you're going to face life, you're going to die in prison or you cooperate and get 10 years, what would you have done? That's totally different. No, it's, no, it's not. That is very no, different. No, it's not. What is, what? But you're telling me you wouldn't have, so I suppose, I I I suppose it's it. a different, exactly. I and I suppose it. you're saying it's different because that wasn't your situation. Fair enough, right? right? But I suppose what I find interesting is like, I don't think for a second, and again, I've never been in a situation, so mm. I'm not, I'm just plain devil's right. advocate. And from the information I know right. and the time I've spent with the Flores family and got to know um, what it was like for yeah. them. Um and and just I don't think for a second any it goes back to what I said where you tell it people are either in prison who cooperated or wish they cooperated everybody cooperates in prison and I think that's what people don't understand from the outside world yeah. it's like you know I've seen some of the comments on surviving on Chapo and it's like you know rats and it's like well you're telling me if 
if you're in prison and I know they weren't in prison, I know they volunteered, which yeah. we can talk about. They vol and it's a you know, completely unheard of what they did. But I don't think for a second anybody's gonna sit there and serve their and die in prison when they could get out by cooperating. And that's how the prison system works. Mm, that's why and I think it is important it like that you, you know, as somebody that knows that, you yeah. educate people in that because I, you know, I've spoke to the US government, I've spoke to the Flores family, I spoke to lots of different right. sources that I can't name. Yeah. And the, and I think it's so fascinating. I'd love to do another thing on cooperation mm. because yeah. it's fascinating, but that is how law enforcement works. Oh yeah, that's and I, they, and I think, they set that up originally yeah. to take down the mafia. They were like, we're going to yeah. give these motherfuckers so much time that it will force people to cooperate. Yeah, and that's how the prison system, law yeah. enforcement, and these yeah. cases work. Right. So I think it's really important to emphasize that where it's not like there's one person right. in the whole prison that rats, like mm -hmm. they're all cooperating, all of them for different right. things right. to get I, time off their sentence, I, right? I, I would argue that in, I just would have done it differently if I were them in Mexico. Be, uh, but but what I think is but important- I suppose you weren't in that situation, were, were you? And neither sure, was I, right? Sure, no, no. Uh, of course, uh, hindsight's twenty twenty. but these guys had time. It's not like they were, you know, got raided and they're in the cuffs and they're under the gun. But I think the question if we're, if we're actually, because kind of, we're kind of arguing about like a moral ethical <laughs> dilemma here. I think because it's because you'll call me Australian. I'm just going to argue <laughs> with you. This whole thing, whatever you say, I'm just going to go against you, even if I don't believe you're it. British, right? You like a spirited debate, right? Isn't it? So, so when they were operating, they're on the run from a case in the United States yeah. the whole time that they're operating as kingpins in Mexico. Yeah. But was the US government, the DEA aware of them? So they weren't aware of them operating? No, they were, well, they were aware of them because they were fugitives, but right? But were they aware of the scale that they were moving dope when they were in Mexico? No. Boom, okay, so. Were you telling, so if, if that's the case- well, That's I how they managed to do it. But I don't think they were facing life then from their case when they were oh, in their no, early 20s. they were, they were, they were, they were. I spoke to the US government. They said if they'd have been arrested at that stage in Mexico, they would have faced life and died in prison. Before Mexico. I'm talking when they were still in Chicago on the run. No, they weren't in Chicago on the run. They were, their feds were after them and they went to Mexico straight away. They weren't in Chicago on the run. Right, that's what I mean though. That's what I mean. The the case that they were they were So you're saying from, they could have handed themselves in I, and turned themselves the, in first, Chicago. First time offenders. Uh yes, they got caught. Yes, I'm sure they had a Rico case for a lot of weight. And, and if you look at the federal sentencing scales, yes, they can give you dude, it's insane. For like 10 hits of acid, they could give you up to life. It's crazy. But Probably if these are first time offenders that had over five kilos, the minimum is five years to life. More than likely, they would not have gotten a life sentence if they had pleaded out. They would have said, yes, guilty. They okay, would have got up to 15. I understand what you're saying. So uh, they, but, they but from their point of view, that wasn't in their heads right then. So yes, they could have made a choice at that time to get out of the life, but that wasn't the situation, the decision at that time. No, I, I get that. So I like get they that. weren't like- But I'm saying they, they had a choice. They didn't consider, maybe they, yes, but they didn't feel like they did. Right, because I, 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 I would argue- And I think that's argue. the difference. Like I'm not, again, look, I'm, I want to be careful here because I'm not, I'm not- You're the journalist. I'm not, yeah, yeah, I'm not 
I'm not right. the Flores team yeah. and you're not the US government or the opposition or criminals right. that don't agree with rats, right? right? That's not who you are. But I'm just saying for, for argument's sake. Well, I'm not it, it, pro if, and if, I'm here as a journalist <laughs> telling you a story that I've made. So I want to make that clear. Do, do, do you think, so, <laughs> now do you think they think after, after all that they've been through, cause they were put through hell when they did, after they decided to cooperate, yeah. do you think they would have taken, uh, if their charge was 15 or 20 years from the original indictment in America, do you think they would have rather done that than go through what they had to go through to take, to, to, to cooperate? Like, do you think the prison, the, the prison that you have to go through to cooperate is, well, well, is well, worse um, than the physical well, prison? Well, I think, well, they were in physical prison, um, as well. So, so I think just time. from what they, from what they said, yeah, they did do time. Yeah. And you know, they didn't get it easy uh, with okay, their time. So, let's, let's, so no, 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 let, let me answer your question. Yeah, sure, sure, sure. Let me answer your question. Cause I think it's really important. So from when I spoke, I spoke to Pete about this and Pete said to me at that time, which your question about, he would never, he would rather have died than go to prison. Right. Mm. So that was there. He'd also been in a captive in, twice. Yeah, exactly. So I understand. So yeah. So that was his mentality. And actually he said that only a year before they cooperated. So his mentality was absolutely not. And by the way, it was Jay's idea right. in the first place. Right. And he had to persuade Pete. Right. So again, let, they've got different personalities. Um, but you know, they do things together as a one, right. which that identical twin relationship mm -hmm. is really important mm -hmm. in this story. I think it would have been very different if they weren't. Um, so, I think it's really hard to, I, I mean, I can't answer that question because I'm not Pete and I'm not Jay. Mm. So, but I know from, from spending time with them and telling their story that that wasn't in their heads at right. the time. Mm -hmm. So they didn't, it wasn't like they knew the foresight right. that they'd going to cooperate, mm -hmm. that, that they were going to be with Chapo and end up in that situation. Right. There wasn't that foresight mm -hmm. to make that decision. How old so were they at the time? When, when they made the decision, they, yeah. like, 23, 24 years old. Yeah, that's pretty So young. they were super young. Yeah. I mean, they got out of prison when they were like, just turned 40. Okay, so let's, so, yeah, let's, so, let's yeah, move So just to that. your point, it's like, it's our, it's it's really very well going, you know, do you think that, if, you know, I, mm. I don't know, but I do know their mentality at the time was they they'd rather die than go to prison. Right, right. That's when, that's why they escaped to Mexico. Right. I don't think they knew they were going to end up Doing time when they cooperated. With Chapo or but, no, but, no, they did think they were going to do time. They knew they were going to do time. Yeah, yeah. When they, and that's they, right, they when they turned themselves yeah, of course, in. They right. they turned themselves in knowing that they were like how Jay was like has. I mean, do we want to talk about this now? Jay had a Jay wanted out of the life, mm. and he wanted a better life for his children, and. I think they felt like they never get, they never, well, I don't think, I know that they felt like they never got a choice yeah. in their life. And I understand what you're saying. And I, and yes, there is always things where you're like, well, you had a choice. I mean, I look at some things in my own life and it's like, you feel like you don't have a choice, but you always have a choice. And whether you think, whether it's a bad choice or, or another bad choice, 
you still always have a choice, right? But sometimes yeah. in that moment, it's really hard for us to see that we have a choice or a, mm-hmm. or a mm-hmm. different choice that we could possibly right. make. Cause sometimes it just feels like we're frigging stuck in a situation in life. Yeah. And, and, um, and they were running and I understand yeah. they were running so fast. They're going yeah. house to house. Yeah. I mean, it's a lot of pressure moving tons of Coke. Yeah. It's a I lot. Of, it's, it's high stress. Yeah. Um, so, so, so then they it, made that choice. This yeah. was 2005. What yeah. year did they do 2005? They turned themselves in. Yeah. So they go to the border. Uh, I think it's through a lawyer, right? It's Val helps. Yeah, she gets so, in contact with a lawyer and that's how the whole process. Oh, you're good. You do know yeah, the story. Yeah. You might not know where I'm from, but you do know the story. Uh, <laughs> I'm sorry. Just no, it's like, all right. You got to get your Wikipedia yeah. page up. <laughs> well, you should have read it. <laughs> <laughs> we don't do much prep for the show. Um, so, well, lesson in that next time. <laughs> give me a phone next time you've got somebody and I'll tell you. I'll give you like some bullet points really quickly. Will they come on this podcast? Can you get us the Flores twins? Yeah. Really? I could. So are they on the run? Are they in witness protect WITSEC, I think? Um, I now? can't say. Okay. Um, oh, but, you can't even say that. No, but I could um maybe I don't know whether they'd do it and sat with you, but I could definitely get you. We we would fly to wherever them. they were at. I don't know if they'd let us. We we could we, we it wouldn't have well, to you be. You can't it. go to where they're at. That's even worse than them coming here. It's probably like South Dakota or something. <laughs> they probably got them in uh are they in the United States? Um, can you yes. say that? Okay, gotcha. Um, now they turn themselves in. How long, how long? Cause Chapo doesn't, how long before the indictment? Like how long did they have to? Six years before. Six years of cooperating? Before they knew that before they were sentenced. Yeah. How long? Because they were like not going to be sentenced until Chapo got caught. That was the whole thing. But obviously they didn't know that. So I'll give you a quick rewind yeah. because. Yeah. I think it's really interesting. Yeah, of course. Because we were talking about cooperating and you know that it's not, it's not like years. Here's a bit quick of information. Let me download and then let me yeah. go. Um, they cooperated for eight months in Mexico. So eight months of actually doing this in Mexico, right under the nose of Chapo. Holy shit. Yeah. Holy shit. Whatever you think. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, like, yeah. I don't even know how, they held their nerve mm-hmm. to be able to do that because if Chapo would have found out at any point or any of them would have found out because at that time it was still, um, it was still Mayo was, it was not fractioned. So right. they were all together, all, together. all three right. of them, right? That's right. So um, <laughs> I just can't even imagine, you know, mm-hmm. I got them to tell me, to walk me through the story. Mm-hmm. So eight months, but the feds were like, well, we don't deal with fugitives. So, you know, they weren't exactly going to protect them. Right. And so that the, what they had to get was they had to get a piece of evidence on tape of Chapo of showing the connection between Chapo and drugs coming into America, yeah. into the state. So, you know, everybody knows what Chapo was doing, yeah. but they couldn't get that key piece of evidence. Right. And right. that's what, that's why the twins were so valuable because yeah. the twins got the key piece mm-hmm. of evidence, mm-hmm. you know, which we play in the podcast, you know, right. the podcast I made to Val and Chapo. And that's, and it's um, a pretty famous yeah, uh, conversation now. Yeah. And they're just for the listeners that don't know, you can look at, I actually YouTubed it last night. It's, is it Pete or Jay? Pete. Pete is, uh, gets Chapo. He basically orders, uh, no, Pete has a discussion with Chapo. He says, hey, could you lower the price of, on a kilo Be- of heroin? Because 
the the heroin I've got isn't bad, but it wasn't bad. So he was lying right. because he had to say it was bad because why would this right. chapo would then question why right. he wanted more. Right, right. So he had to say it was a bad load. It was bad. I couldn't really move it that well. Yeah. If you could if you could drop the price on yeah. it, uh that I can get you your money faster. Yeah. And that was enough. That that directly linked uh Chapo to that was a damning piece of evidence, I believe, right? Yes. In the indictment. And yeah, they, I mean it was the key piece of evidence right, because okay. nobody got Chapo on tape. Right. Basically it was like, you know, recording right. them actually doing it. Was that was there any other was there what was the other big I know eventually in his trial, like after he escaped Mexican prison, they captured him again. And then they finally extradited him. I yeah. know like a bunch of people testified against him. Yeah. But in the original uh, case, was there, what was, the, was there any other evidence besides that phone call? Well, the key piece, it was their testimony. Their testimony. Yeah. Right. And, and that phone call. What, when did they go into prison? Because it, because it was loads of people's testimonies, right? Loads. But they were the only ones that had right. this like tangible piece of evidence. Right. And one of the things Pete said, it's like Pete was the one that had to then go and stand in court and testify against Chapo face to face. And that's, that's in season two. And, you know, even if people don't, well, I want people to listen to the whole thing, yeah. but just listen to that because it's over two episodes and Pete just talks us through it. And Pete's such an amazing storyteller because it, it because he's got that trauma in his head. So he tells it like so in the moment mm. because you can feel it mm. viscerally of what's happening because he's so good at telling that story right. because you can, when I speak to him, you can see he's literally playing it in his head. He's not saying, he's not oh, well, this happened, yeah. this happened. You know, yeah. it's like the emotion and the, the trauma is still very much wow. in his head. So it makes it like, a gripping piece of yeah. story yeah. to listen to basically. Yeah. But he had to go up against Chapo. And I remember him saying to me like, Pete, well, you know, it, they could have just played the tape because that, that, that was it. Yeah. They didn't even, you know, need me to stand there right. and give testimony or really anybody else's testimony because the tape was the tape mm -hmm. <laughs> that you can't, mm -hmm. you can't uh, lie on the tape. They proved that it was his voice. Um, you know, as soon as they got the tape, the Pete and Jay met the feds in Mexico. Two of them were there and handed the tape over and they verified it. And then that was it. That was the key piece of evidence. And they were like, right, we're going to, you know, we need to take you in the next day. Gotcha. And they were like, fuck, like they didn't realize it was going to be mm -hmm. so quick. So they weren't prepared right. to then be lifted out of Mexico. Right. And actually the family, which is another harrowing story, just got left behind and they had to find their own way across the border. And they just literally had to leave and pack up going back to that thing about they just had to leave the house yeah. immediately and they had to grab any like identifying things on pictures on the wall or mm -hmm. anything and just try and then right. just leave Mexico. And they had to um, drive through um, Los Setas, the opposition cartels yeah, yeah. Um, territory. territory to get across the border. Yeah. And it was literally like, oh my God, again, a really gripping story yeah. to listen to for them yeah. to get across the border before yeah. the cartel found out what JMP had done. Cause all of a sudden, obviously JMP disappeared, right? Right, right. And so- Cause they were pulled out by the feds. Of course. So their phones are off, you know, their suppliers yeah. can't find them. Yeah. Uh, how long, th then they're, then what happens? Then they're, they're taken to Chicago, they're booked. They're taken to the US, yeah. Um, are they charged, are, are they recharged with the original indictment from years earlier? No. Well, that's a good question. 
It probably is a combination. I would assume so, yeah, right? Yeah, I would because, assume so. That's because, a good question. I don't actually... Because there has to be a punishment a hanging yeah. over their head, right? Yeah. In exchange for what they're giving. Yeah. Otherwise, they would just be rats. That's actually the most despicable kind of... Well, no, I hate to use the word rat. Because of what they've but, also done. They distributed, you know, at the time... They were the biggest drug traffickers but, but, in North but, America. So it wasn't just the indictment out of shit. They had multiple indictments against them. Sorry, that's you're my, right. That, so that's it's my the, question. It was the, um, you so, know. So there was an indictment. There was one from, out of Wisconsin, okay. one out of Illinois, uh -huh. which would be Chicago. There was like so many different indictments out right. of different areas for right. them. You're absolutely okay. right. Sorry. Gotcha. That's, okay. Yeah. So, uh, and then how long, and that was 2005, more or less, yeah. 2006. And then Chapel wasn't arrested until- 2000, well, the, sec the second final time was 2015. Right. And that's the one that Pete testified right. in. Right, right. So what were they doing through all those years? Were they in prison? Cooperating. Were they also in prison while they were cooperating? And they agreed to. Oh help. yeah, they were in prison. They were kept in solitary in in the shoe. Yeah, which is brutal. It's solitary confinement. Shoe the special yeah. housing unit. Where special were the, housing unit, were they yeah. in uh, prison or were they being held at like the detention center in Chicago or in the area? Originally, they were held at um, in Chicago yeah. um, at the MCC. Yeah, right, right. And um, which, by all accounts, is where um, a lot of people are held when they're. That's where all the federal. Cooperating uh, and held. yeah, and well, cooperating or not, it's that's where you know the MCC Brooklyn is where they kept Chapo, MCC yeah. Los Angeles. Yeah, it's like when they're yeah. So they were in Chicago for like around eight. Well, for the first year, let's right, say right. Um, and again, there's kind of a little bit of a funny story because um, every time they were transported, there was like a convoy and loads, and it was at the same time that Obama was in the area. Mm -hmm. And those people thought it was Obama's <laughs> convoy, but actually wow. like the chances are during that time, it was actually the Flores. Right. Uh, right. Twins. Right. <laughs> yeah, That's not Obama. Crazy. <laughs> so wow. those people were like, oh, it's Obama. And so they spent really. a lot of money guarding these guys. Yeah. Oh yeah. Because wow. they were key to getting Chapo. Of course. Like of they course. were like high value assets. Right. Right. Um, so then after that, they were then transported to a different prison, which I'm not allowed to say which one, because it was a WITSEC mm -hmm. um, prison. So so a prison just for high value yeah. informants. Yeah. When, um, and then they were split, which is again, an absolutely fascinating story. So part of their, um, they got a special privilege where they were allowed to stay together. Um, mm. So initially they were cellies and they were allowed to stay together. Then they were moved from Chicago to another prison, which I'm not allowed to disclose yeah. where. And um, then they were separated because of a cr absolutely bonkers story, which is in episode two of the second season, yeah. which you have to listen to, yeah. um, which if you want, I can talk through it. Um, and they got separated because of Tease something it. that they- Tease it, they can go listen to it. Okay, so- um, they, oh God, I don't even know how to tease it. No, 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 don't tease it. I meant, I meant that's enough of a teaser. I want oh, them right, to go. Okay, I want to because go Because they did something and I managed to pull pictures of this thing that they did from wow. back in 2005, wow. six. Um, and they, the fed, the prison yeah. service found out that it was them that did it. And they felt that it compromised <sighs> the location. And the reason why oh, I can't say the location right, right. is because there was really high value people in wow, this location, right, not high right. value, high value assets yeah, that yeah. were in WITSEC yeah. under witness protection. It's I like a wit people that don't, it's like yeah. a witness protection in prison. Right. Um, but they were held in the shoe, which yeah. is special housing unit, which is where they're kept on their own. Right. right. 
And then they got separated in the middle of the night. And then that's the last time they saw each other in prison. Oh, which, that's fucked up. Yeah. That which sucks. is again, such a, um, like I say fascinating and I feel really bad saying that, but it is a really compelling story. Yeah. And um, because you listen to what then happened to both of them separately and don't forget they're identical twins. And it's the first time ever in their entire life that they've ever been on their own. Aww. Because like, I don't know what, you know, whether you've got siblings, but like I've got brothers, yeah. younger brothers, but like, you know, I don't, I didn't spend every second with them and I'm older than them. So yeah. I spent time on my own. Yeah. Right. Whereas if you're an identical twin, you're like, well, you're frigging born together and you were never spent ever. They never spent any time on yeah, their own. They're best friends. Yeah. They're, they're kind Those of the, one. They're yeah, close they're to their like best one. friends. They're like one yeah. person yeah. and they're yeah. like two halves. Right. So when they yeah. got separated, they were like, oh, wow. I ain't gone. You know, I can't, I don't have, it wasn't just about having a friend. It was yeah. like, that's the other half of who I am. Right. And that's how we, we maneuver. That's so it's really interesting that where really they, they both talk through because they yeah. said that, Jay had to be more like Pete and Pete had to learn how to be more like Jay wow. to try and like survive prison. That is alone. Survive yeah. alone. That's fascinating. And they got separated in different prisons. And I can tell you one place they went, one of them went to, cause some of it's protected. So I, I'm not allowed to say the location, sure. but Jay went after when they got separated from that place where they did the thing, which you need to go and listen to. Um, he went to MCC New York yeah. and it's the one that's now shut down. And, um, and because of the horrific conditions and he said it was just like horrific and he, uh, him, him and his wife actually pushed for him to, to be moved to a different prison. Yeah. So after like, I don't know, like another six to yeah. eight months there, he got moved to another prison and then Pete ended up getting moved to another prison and then it was horrific and yeah. awful conditions. And he ended up in really awful conditions right, because right. they also, one of them, um, this thing that they did, um, it was one of them mainly, but the other one got blamed wrongly because oh. they couldn't tell them apart <laughs> because they're identical. So they couldn't tell them apart and got pulled the wrong twin to put him to put, they basically put Jay in the MCC New York thinking it was Pete wow. and they did it on purpose to give him bad conditions. Wow. They could have, you know what they could have done? Maybe not. Maybe one of them could have turned themselves in and been like, yeah, it was just me. There's only one of us. <laughs> I did everything. I don't know. Maybe they, I don't know. Maybe. I don't know. Hindsight's twenty twenty. But okay, this is crazy. So. But then what would the other one would have still, it'd still be the same thing, right? The other one would have had to go on the run. Yeah. And also then it's the whole thing where I don't think they're the same, like they relied on each other yeah. so much. They're one. They're one. Yeah, they're one. That's yeah. such a fascinating thing. Were they uh, in isolation the whole time when they were in prison? Yeah, Were much. they allowed out of their no. cells even? Well, they were for like, oh, but, they had an hour. But by themselves week. though, they would yeah. be, yeah, totally, totally. Yeah, but they did have, at times they did have cellmates, which again is totally, Yeah. sometimes I couldn't even, if I was writing a scripture show, I couldn't even write it as good as this real wow. life. Because you know that it's such a stereotypical make phrase, a, but it's like, you know, you couldn't even write this shit, but well, like literally you couldn't even write this shit. Don't worry, 50 Cent's working on it right now. <laughs> He's working on a script. Don't show. you worry. <laughs> don't forget who created and made the podcast <laughs> yeah hell yeah no that's dope as that. i love so, that man. Um, yeah and i, I mean it. it'll make a fast it'll make a amazing scripted show so they did um have um Hold on, cellmates look. at times and the and the crazy cellmate the crazy coincidence of a cellmate they had pete ended up being sally's with sammy the bull right 
and they oh. both got to know Sammy the Ball and Sammy the Ball taught Jay how to play chess. But Sammy the Ball was the reason which gave them the idea to cooperate. And then what a weird, I don't even believe in coincidences, how they ended up in prison with Sammy the Ball. Right. And it was watching a documentary um, of basically Sammy the Ball cooperating that gave them the idea to cooperate. That because gave Jay he killed, the idea. Yeah. Right. That gave Jay the idea. And yeah, because it was a John Gotti documentary right. and Sammy the Bull cooperated. Yeah. But Sammy the Bull had killed loads of people. Yeah, that's a, that's a, And he only got despicable. five years or something like that. So that was the documentary. And he was like, well, then we haven't killed anyone. So maybe we won't get. And that's how it all started. And then he ended up being, being a celly with Sammy the Bull. That's crazy. And, and, and they the played chess that, together. And the fact that they only gave him five years for 19 bodies. Yeah, that and was these it, guys 19, never yeah. killed anyone directly. I mean, I know drugs kill people, a lot of people, but like, it's just such a, it's the absurdity of the American system. How much time did they, did their lawyers fight for? Like they gave for, they gave them 14 years. That yeah. was their sentence. But w were they trying to negotiate down a little bit? I think they thought they'd get less. I'm sure they did, um, right? Yeah. I mean, they did. Uh, they thought they would get less than 14 years. Um, and when Pete testified against Chapo, the government, you know, a couple of the US attorneys gave, you know, put a letter to the judge um, saying, you know, that to reduce their sentence by two years and yeah. they didn't get the reduction. Didn't get the reduction. No. Interesting. Yeah. Interesting. Um, because they were such good cooperators, basically. Why? Uh, um, okay. And they got out what year? Are they I don't even know if I can say. But they're not still in there. Though, no, right? they're not. Okay. So, but yeah, but okay. they, it wasn't 2019. It was a lot later. Right. Right. Okay. But it wasn't this year, but they did the full 14 years. <laughs> okay, I'll give you a clip. They did a full 14. No, they did 12 and a bit. Got it. So yeah. they actually got good time. They, they must've got good time yeah, off. So of that there. was time off, but right. they didn't get two years because of cooperating and because he faced Chapo. He didn't get any more. He didn't get any for, extra. No, any right. extra, but that right. was like the yeah. time off. And what is it like a two months every year? Is it? You do 85% of your time. 85%. Yeah. yeah. So they, so, so they got all good time because yeah. of the, they did courses, you know, like yeah. Pete ran a Bible class um, yeah. Jay ran a self, a self help, right. you know, motivational class that he came up with a curriculum of right. and they did loads of the courses in prison. And so yeah. they got that 85% time off. You gotta be a real fuck up to lose good time in isolation. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like you gotta really be, uh, you know, well, a listen special to episode kind of two. Okay. Um, episode two. Yeah. Cause they did that. That's what got them separated. The okay. few things that they did. Right. And the episode's called baby, uh, Bentley billboard. <laughs> okay. So that gives you a tease. Um, there was a baby, a Bentley and some billboards. Wow. All three separate incidents, all kind of roughly in the first year. Right. Wow. Okay. Um, Man, what a, it's such an odyssey. Can you do you think we should talk about why their wives are now or is it just Val? No, it's both. Okay, do you think that's teasing it or do you because uh, I would like to know why why are they locked up? Yeah, but then people might just listen to this and not the okay. not the okay. series. Okay. No, yeah. no, 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 no. But You're I, like, that's, yeah, okay, fair that's enough. a consideration though. I mean, people have attention spans of, you know, fucking two-year-olds. So <laughs> I don't know. I disagree with you, but that seems really? to be our MO, right? I'm just gonna disagree with everything yeah. you say. Yeah, this I is disagree. what makes for good podcasting. <laughs> no, I actually disagree on that because I think people actually want interesting story and okay. interesting conversation. Yeah. And actually that's just dumbing people down. So tell us then why. 
I mean, I'll give you a little bit then yeah, because it's really yeah. important part of the story. Of course, of course. Because um, these women suffered a lot. Yeah. And like Val's, you know, Val, Val is Jay. So Val is Jay's um, wife and Viviana is Pete's wife. Yeah. And, you know, they've both been through a lot and both very different women. And, you know, Val, Val, I think is very interesting um, and an inspirational in a way for women um, because she's been through a lot. Um, she, you know, I don't want to kind of like disclose things that I shouldn't because she's disclosed things to me in confidence. Yeah. But, you know, she did go through a lot when she was younger mm. and um, she was then kind of used as a drug mule. Yeah. Ended up getting into the, into the life. Yeah. She was big um, time. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. Um, she ended up marrying Cato, who was like head of the Latin Kings. Oh. Um, before Jay. Right. Um, you know, and there was. It's fair to say she liked bad boys. Well, <laughs> well, yeah. But then there was also like, you know, in a serious there's a lot of manipulation and coercive control right. in that. And there was a lot of domestic abuse and abuse yeah. in that situation. Yeah. And so, yes, but at the same time, like, you know, what some of the it's men the do to these women oh, yeah. is horrific. Yeah. And it's also really hard to get out of that yeah. situation. Of course. Of course. Um, it's not as simple as like, Oh, you know, I don't like what you're doing in war. Yeah. It, you yeah. Know, it really no, isn't. Of course. Of course. Um, yeah, and then she met Jay and she married Jay. And actually one of the reasons why Jay ended up cooperating and wanting to turn his mm. life around is because of his family and because of Val. Yeah. And they wanted to try and change their life and they did have kids and that's what made the difference to them. And they didn't want their kids to to be brought up in that life and they didn't want their kids to um to to do what the twins had done. Right, of course. And they felt like I don't know I said this, but they felt like they didn't have a choice. And I know there is an argument that times that they, mm. maybe they did, but when they were younger um, and they felt like it was always to try and they, their father had this thing over them, you know, mm. to try and prove they're enough. And I think some of us can relate to that in mm. many different ways with our parents or our mums and dads and what, what it's like in those situations. Did, did Val and Vivian, sorry. Yeah. Viv, yeah. Did, did Val and Viv think they were going to have to do time when the twins first turned themselves in? Absolutely not. Gotcha. So, so how did that evolve? So, so the argument and it's, and it's an agree to disagree argument, um, by the wives going to prison and they did plead guilty. It doesn't mean that they agreed. It's that they were put in a situation where they they were told that if they did go to trial, they'd probably get an unfair trial because of public perception. Of course. So, um, the, okay, it's slightly complicated, but let me see if I can do it in like a really short kind of like succinct way. And there's a lot of nuance. So listen to the podcast for the nuance because it Absolutely. plays the whole story Absolutely. out. Um, because it's, it's, you know, something that happened there links to there, links to there, links mm. to there. Right. Um, but the, as part of the cooperation deal of Jay and Pete, the twins, their wives got immunity. That's what they thought. And they were led to believe and they were told. And there was no way, this is what Pete and Jay said, that they would have cooperated without protecting their family. So they got a visa. They got, you know, things for their, the older brother at the time was in Mexico, Armando. Right. So they made sure that they got, self-protection and a visa that the father got protection and a visa and that the wives were protected from right. any um, charges associated with the drug debts or the drug dealing uh -huh. Uh -huh. or anything to do with the twins 
activities. Right. <laughs> right. Yeah. Um, so, and that's the so-called deal, apparently, yeah. that was made. And then mm, they proffered, the wives did proffer and gave information to Val did. So the government actually used Val. At one point, they put her on a wiretap. Stop proffering. Stop proffering. <laughs> God. Yeah, well, you know, and again, this is what I find so interesting about this is by the end of the season, you decide who you think was right. For sure. Because you could argue that the government didn't, and even the government, I spoke to the former US attorney who did this case, who did the Chapo case with the twins, worked for a decade with the twins on the Chapo case. That was like, did the government really need to go after the wives? Was that a good use of government resource? Was that the moral thing to do? Nobody ever wants to ask what's right. Of course well, was it, it wasn't right. Well, was it the moral? No, to, no, for the government to go after the women who but, have children, yeah. like it's fucked oh, up. Exactly. Yeah, but okay. you gotta know that's fucked up. Like don't, where's the yeah. lawyer and at? Also, I have so many questions. And also what I questioned was why now? Yeah. Why didn't they do this back? This is for, so I'm going all over the houses, okay. but like the wives have been charged with conspiracy to money launder yeah. from drug debts that were collected back in 2008 right. when the twins went to prison. Right. So sorry, the twins, I know we were saying 2005, but the twins went to prison in 2008. Yeah. So what they're now going to prison for in 2023, yeah. and actually Val's going to prison in 2024, uh -huh. is for money from 2008. So I questioned why it wasn't then and why they waited for the twins to come out of prison mm -hmm. 12 years later. Mm-hmm to then go after the wives. Cause that's what happened. And, and what about the statute of limitations? Like, I guess, I guess the statute goes back further than 15 years. I, I don't know. Yeah. But, um, and how much time are they getting? Um, three and a half years each, yeah. but they thought they were going to get more. The system's bloodthirsty. They're so yeah. So, and then it's the question of like, is that a good use of the of resource? And I, again, I, I'd, I want to try and be a bit like both sides because mm. when I spoke to the U S government, cause I did get both sides, which I think was really important. Yeah. And that's how I round the, the whole mm -hmm. thing up is like, I, I do speak to the attorney, the U S attorney who worked the Chapo case mm -hmm. with the twins. And he's, he said he, you know, he spent more time with the twins than he did with his own family. Wow. And he's fond of the, the twins. Mm, and yeah. he thought they were nothing but honest. Yeah. And um, they did do a little, get a little bit of trouble going back to the uh, baby, the Bentley yeah. and the billboard. Yeah. Um, but other than that, they were nothing but honest. They gave yeah. the information. It was an all or nothing deal. Now the argument is that the government are arguing that the twins broke the promise uh. and the trust because the wives did have some money. They, they um, put, they gave 40 million to the government, right. which is what the government wanted. Right. But the, the wives argue that there was immunity and they knew that they had some of some of the other money uh, I see. that they had to live off. And, you know, one of them had to move 16 times to due to viable due to viable death threats. Right. So, you know, they were single moms. They had yeah. no way of earning. Yeah. They were saying that, yeah. you know, and the government were aware of some of the money. And, the, and they're saying, well, the government broke the trust because the government agreed that this immunity deal. Yeah. And they gave and the twins and the wives gave them, gave everything, gave all the information and the government broke the trust. Whereas the government are arguing that the wives broke the trust because they did use some they didn't drug disclose debt money. The, the drug money. Well, apparently right. the wives said they did. And the 
government weren't interested because they just wanted that 40 million of which it was called DC money yeah. from DC and they just wanted Chapo. So all they focused yeah. on was getting Chapo. And at yeah. this point they didn't have Chapo. So they didn't care about the wives. So obviously this is a different US attorney than the one that uh, that dealt with the twins well, now, in the Chapo case. Yeah, because now all those attorneys have gone so it's different prosecutors and that's what they're right. saying is one of the defense's reasons why they yeah. why is because they're new prosecutors who want a prosecution right. and are going after the mm -hmm. wives. Whereas if it was the old prosecutors, it would have been a different case. Just right. to throw in a bit of a bombshell, yeah. one of the prosecutors who worked the case um, called Thomas Shakeshaft, who, who was really close to the twins and the wives, died a week before the wives' pretrial hearing. Oh, wow. So he couldn't stand up for them. Yeah, and he was meant wow. to... Um, oh, wow. He was meant to be a witness. Wow, that's crazy. So they ended up, did they end up going to trial for this? No, they, they didn't go to trial. So they wanted, one of the wives, Val, did want to go to trial, but didn't go to trial because they were advised that they wouldn't get a fair trial because of perception. Yeah, and if you blow trial in the feds, man, you would do 10 years. Yeah, and they would do more time yeah, because originally yeah. they were, it was talking, Val was looking at 10 years. Yeah. And so- in the end, it went through a lot of pre-trial pre hearings, which I yeah. sat and listened to. And in, in the end, they were advised to take, you know, to take the plea take the deal. deal. Did they have good lawyers? Do they have good attorneys? Like, I mean, because uh, the government I mean, should be sued. I mean, I would be suing to the day I die for, for breaking this agreement, you know? So well, uh, I just find it unbelievable. But it's also more complicated than that because the government is saying that that, uh, that agreement didn't exist. Yeah, yeah. And that they that the agreement didn't exist, or otherwise saying it did exist. Right. And then there's like a bit of again, there's a lot of nuance to this. This isn't like yeah. straightforward black and white. So I worked through this in the seat in the second season. Is that Pete when Pete testified against Chapo and he came face to face with him, they prepped him for like 18 months to take the stand every single day. They prepped Pete right, and part of Chapo's defense was questioning Pete for the. Um, basically for the uh, deal that he got and it was brought up about getting the wives immunity. So Pete said under oath in the court case against Chapo that he did get immunity for his wife and nobody questioned it. Oh, so you're like, yeah. Mm. So that, that should be, I mean, uh, yeah, I, I know the government has done some egregious things, but this is, you know, now we're, now we're moving on to 20 years since they turned it, turned themselves in. Do you think no, 2008. Oh, okay. So 2005 so not, is when they went to Mexico yeah. and first met Chapo. Yeah, Chapa. and 2008 is so when they went So to, we're now 15 years in. By the yeah. time they get out, though, it's going to be, you know, a 20-year- Stint 20 of, of trying hell. to change their lives, basically. Now, and and yeah. are the wives living with the husbands in uh, the undisclosed location? Yeah. And then- Well, uh, well, one of them goes to prison, like, as we're recording. Right, wow. And the other one goes to prison at the top of the year. And how many kids do they each have? Each of the um, I don't want to say how many. But they have um, a few kids each. Yeah, they do. And actually, um, one thing which was really powerful, which is in the second season of Surviving El Chapo, is I did sit down with some of the younger kids. Wow. And it was like, it's, I mean, I was just listening to it because I'm just locking up the final episodes right now. Yeah. And it is so powerful, I have to say. Like, I just sat on the floor, like we cleared, you know, we, we kind of cleared. And when I just sat on the floor and they sat on like, chairs and I just sat and listened to them and I was like, do you want to tell me, you know, your story? Yeah. yeah. Do you want to, you know, talk to me? Cause I got to know them like quite a lot and, and the kids are so lovely. They're yeah. wonderful children. 
they they were try they you know they did visit i mean one of them says how many days she spent in prison as a child oh visiting God. her father yeah, yeah. and again it's something that you know i really like to i like to challenge people on perception you know when you we first started talking you were like i mean firstly you thought i was australian but yeah. no, you was like oh these are rats and it's like well you know maybe get to know why and and to me it's ne nothing's ever straightforward no, right of course not. so like even with the um you know with the kids it's like the kids had a great relationship with their fathers even though their father's in prison mm -hmm. that's i don't know there's a lot of fathers out yeah. there that don't even have haven't even spent that much time no, of course with their kids of course. and every weekend yeah. they were in prison and they talk about the trauma of that as well though yeah. so it's not like oh it was right. totally fine now <laughs> you know? will, will the kids be able if they want to have protection like when they're adults or does that does does the government protection run out at a certain point um i probably can't say any of that really no okay it, because it's really their children and right. it's and it's really important that nothing's disclosed about Oh, I them. thought that was just like a legal, I'm just curious. Like I, I would like to know, you know, cause the president's kids get protection for life. You know what I mean? Uh, now, but then if I say yes or no, then it lets people know whether they've got protection or not. Right? Oh, sure. Sure. So like, Do, does Pete, just, could they make the choice? Like say 20 years from now, all his enemies, we, he assumes are gone. Could they tell the government if they wanted to even tomorrow? Uh, Hey, we don't want protection anymore. We want to just go back to living a normal life. Maybe we want to go back to Chicago. Do they have the right to do that? I mean, they're not going to go. They're back not going to do that. But you don't think, do you think they'll live? Do you think Pete and Jay will live the rest of their life in Witsec? Well, they can't live the rest of their life in Witsec. Or I, I'm sorry, witness protection. No, they can't live there the rest of their life in witness protection. The government can't give them witness protection for the rest of their life. That's what, that's my question no. essentially. Okay. So it will run out at a certain point. Yeah. Okay. Why are you pressing me on this? <laughs> no, it's just, it's an interesting question. Um, I know, yeah, but it's not like, I, I don't, I, it's not for me to say because there, there are, there have been viable threats on their life. So it's still even, even today. Wow. Uh, I mean, they cooperated against Chapman. Yeah. Right. So, and, uh, and their father, what if their father yeah. was tragically killed? What year was that? Um, that was in 2000 and either. I'd say nine. All right, all right. It must have been 2009. Yeah. Because it was quite early days. Right. And, you know, they mm -hmm. did get a threat that said, you know, we'll come after yeah. you when you're least expecting it. Right, right. I, yeah, yeah. I mean, wow. Yeah, that's a tough one. I mean, and that's, people can, like you said, people after listening to this, after going and listening to Surviving El Chapo, uh, can make the decision about, whether they think it was worth it for them, you know, do you think talking yeah, to them and now, that's the big question, do, 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 do they, obviously they, I guess I assume they think it's worth it. Pete and Jay. Um, I've, I've asked them many times. And I think when I ask Pete, he says sometimes, I, I don't know, like Pete's a bit more kind of sometimes I think, was it all worth it? And it depends which day it is. Right. And I, I, you know, I, think it's really really upsetting that his wife's going to prison of course. because Viviana's like definitely um struggled with this whole situation mm. and I think she's very scared mm -hmm. and I think they're very scared so I think that you know if you ask Pete it's a bit more like it depends what day do it you is, think he is his answer do you think he resents Jay at all for no, no, bringing that to him I don't think him? so no okay no because I think they 
I don't think he's that kind of, it's a good question though. Like it's a good question mm. and something maybe I didn't, I haven't asked that. Yeah. Um, because for me, they're, um, they make the decisions together so they don't ever see it like that. Mm. I think there's like some arguments about certain things, but it's never about that because they yeah. both agreed together to do that. Right. Cause Pete, were, Jay wouldn't have done no, it. Jay, if, if no, because Pete initially agreed. Pete actually said no. Oh, he was like, are you out of your fucking mind? Yeah. Fucking don't talk to me. And then yeah. he didn't get brought up again. Wow. And then like several days later, Pete phoned Jay and went, so how would we do it? All right. So, wow. and so Jay would never have done it. it was, they only make decisions together. So I don't think there's any resentment there and okay. not anything I've remotely picked up on. Right. But I think with Pete, it's a bit more like, fuck, I don't, I don't, I don't know. Yeah. Um, because look at our situation. Whereas with Jay, I think he still feels it's the right thing. Yeah. So I think there's a slight difference with Jay. I think he feels that like, you know, he's given his kids, um, a different life and he has like, yeah. you know, they're, yeah. they're not doing any, they, you know, they're, they're really well educated. Yeah. They've got an amazing education. Like, again, I don't want to give too much away, but honestly, like if, if they are punished for the rest of their lives, they have changed the cycle. Sure. And that's what I find so fascinating. Sure. Like sure. they have changed the legacy of the Flores name. Yeah. Even if Jay and Pete and their wives suffer for the rest of their yeah. lives. Right. And obviously there's some suffering for the children because like their mothers are about to go in prison, which is awful. And some yeah. of the kids are young. Yeah. Like yeah. again, like I don't even give ages away on the yeah. podcast, but they're yeah. not grown yeah so yeah. there's a lot of pain right. there because you know they suffered through yeah. you know they wanted you know they saw when val was arrested you know they saw val being arrested and the kids got put ak-47s to their heads and some of the kids were like you know arrested and it was just yeah. i don't know to me that's like i don't that's what your taxes are going for to so the dea agents some bum can put a gun to a little three-year-old's head. That's fantastic. Yeah, and it's awful. Like Val talks us through what that was like and the kids tell me, you know, how upsetting and what that was like. They couldn't have just called them and been like, hey, you got to turn yourself in. We're going to raid your house. Yeah, and they put, they corners off the whole area and yeah. put a SWAT team. Make a spectacle out of it. Yeah. When it's like, you have our numbers. You're paying and also, to protect us. And also- What's um, going on? They're also uh, out on- um, Oh, God, what is it called? Um, I've just totally forgotten. Come on, give me the word. Cul-de-sac? What, no, what, no, it's in like, the, obviously the feds know where they are because they're they're not out on parole. What's the other word? Probation. Probation, parole. thank yeah. you. Yeah. So they're, they've got five years probation right. where they're monitored right, all course. the time. All the so time. So it's a really good question that you ask because it's like, why did they need to do that? Because the twins are monitored all the time. Yeah. yeah. And they're out there, you know, they they have officers yeah. who they have to check in with all the time. Right. So the fact that they put a SWAT team in yeah. for the wives when they're not drug dealing, they're not, they weren't doing anything. Yeah. They were basically using some money yeah. that they thought they could use because they got an immunity deal right. back from 2008 yeah. to, to pay their rent yep. and to pay their kids education. Totally. Basically. Totally. I but, think it's, but the, the million dollar question is what you asked. It's yeah. the best. It's the question so is why is, well, it's, was it the, was it worth it? Yeah. Was it, was it worth it? Yeah. I, from where I sit, no, but then Why? they got kids for me because, uh, because I, if I've got my family, I, if I have my kids and my wife, the most important people to me, and I have a hundred million dollars, do you know what that does 
in a place like Argentina, it buys you the country. Do you know what that does in a place like Uruguay or, uh, you know, Brazil? Like, I would rather go be free in a country that's not mine if I'm but with they the felt most important people. they people. couldn't because they felt they would have been killed. So for them, they maybe they think that the situation they have now is better because they yeah. don't think any of them would have been alive. Right. They think they would have all been killed and the whole family would have been slaughtered. Right. So that, and that's coming from their, you know, and they right. know their situation. You know we don't know exactly what now, that was like. Right? Now, now they definitely would not have had that kind of threat because Sinaloa has been fractured. They, they're coming down hard on them. I mean, we know for a fact, we've had people on here who have interviewed guys who ratted on, Chapo, because Ch a lot of people are ratting on Chapo. Mayo's son ratted Rat on, on Chapo. Chapo. All <laughs> yeah, of the exactly. kingpins in Mexico rat on each other. Chapo ratted. But that's on my the point. Of when we first started talking, when you were like, "They're rats," and I'm like, but, but "Everybody cooperates, but, but, even their own sons, even Chapo's own son, right. even Mayo's own son, like totally. they cooperate against their own fathers." Totally. totally. My my argument, and that's though, why I think people need should understand right. it's not totally. You know, totally. it's not, they're not an anomaly. But what I'm saying well, they is are too, because they went to the police themselves. But, but, but what, I, what I'm saying is the threat, in my opinion, in America or outside of Mexico is over-exaggerated because they, this guy who, who was a rat was in Mexican newspapers walking around no bodyguards with his girlfriend at SeaWorld a couple of months ago. This was, this was a guy who basically was supposed to be where, uh, where the Chapitos are today. Um, in terms of like their prominence. They were the guy who Chapo, or excuse me, Mayo Damasol. He was the guy that Mayo gave the reins to. Uh, and and that's how the war between uh, Chapo's son, Chapo's sons were supposed to be next up yeah. when Chapo went down. But there was this guy Damasol who Mayo granted the power to, and that's where the, the fracturing went. Damasol eventually ratted on everybody, gave up everybody. He's walking around in, you know, in America with no protection, no nothing. So that's my, my only argument is that I think like, I, I, I always think the cartel does not act. They're very rational people. They're logical people. They don't kill on this side. They really don't, especially now because they know they're going to get caught. They do that in Mexico because they control everything. And I, and they're more fractured and weaker than ever. That is my opinion. Uh, so it's for, interesting because yeah. I, because uh, well, Los Chapitos are obviously in charge at the moment of Sinaloa and they're far more chaotic and violent than Chapo and not as controlled in that sense. Right. So, and also the drug war is worse than ever right now. Right. But in terms of like the danger on the twins, that's not what they say. That, well, look, I mean, so, look, I guess they um, know better than me. I'm just, I, I'm looking yeah. at it from like a numbers perspective and a lodge and, and anecdotes. And, you know, obviously like they're so close to it. Um, look, they, they're more worried about their kids. Like that's their number one priority. God bless them. Truly. I, you've, you've changed my mind. Yes. You've changed my mind in two hours. You know what I mean? So, but this is compelling shit. But look, yeah, at the end of the day, it's not for me to. Yeah. Like, you know, I wanted to try and challenge a little bit of your opinion yeah. because, you know, you can still think, anybody yeah. can think what they want, but I think yeah. at least be informed about it. Yeah. So at least, I'm not saying that you're not, I just mean listen mm -hmm. and 
listen to the whole story, yeah. be informed about it, and then, you know, make your own opinion and your judgment. And again, it's not, I don't want people to think I'm like just giving one side because right. I'm not, because I do challenge them. Like we did sit and have a really frank conversation because um, something happened within my own family at the same time as I was recording. And um, I did tell them about it and I did really challenge oh. them. And that's when, you know, they've said to me a lot actually through this whole process of spending the last couple of years with them and working with them that it made them think a lot and it made them think about their own decisions and actually what they wanted for their lives yeah. and some of the things that they've done. Yeah. And we had some really frank conversations. It's not like I've just sat there going, oh, you know, like I'm so, I'm so, you know, we've had mm -hmm. some really honest conversations yeah. and I feel like that's what's, that's what's built this kind of respect. Um, between between us because I've seen a lot of destruction of the other side of what you can yeah. do yeah. um through addiction. Yeah. Um yeah. so are they getting a piece of this? Are they getting a piece of what? Like using their My names. <laughs> no, no, like the if for the the podcast series and potentially like the the TV series if this develops because I could completely see it developing, especially with Curtis uh at the reins. Maybe it already is. <laughs> there we go. So do you have uh, to pay them for their likeness? Do they at least get like, how do they earn money now? I guess now if they're in witness protection, well, they can't go back to drug dealing. It's, it's a all, good question. Yeah. Like how do they make um, money? I can't say anything to do with this project. Okay. Um, but, um, like, can they go get jobs? Well, again, this is the thing. So Pete has, um, a legitimate business oh, wow. that he's trying to run. And it's really interesting because he's using, logistics to try yeah, and yeah right because that's his knowledge sure sure um and Pete, uh, sorry and jay it wants to um you know tell his story more and he wants it to be motivational so he's actually started to do classes with i wonder what you think of this um with law enforcement about trying to teach them more about the insight of drug trafficking and how to how to change things and uh. he said if look i can have an impact on the thing that i contributed to then mm -hmm. that's worth everything. So um, he's under protection, starting to do law enforcement. <laughs> Look at your face. I Lauren, don't like it. That's my, I know my, you. My wasn't. gut reaction is I. Um, I don't love it. But I. I mean, I think it's an amazing thing to do because. Well, I think you know I he think could for him sit there have, and just like for him to have the forgiveness though of uh, the yeah. same law enforcement who raided his house that, and took his wife took away. His wife. You know what? Johnny, I asked that exact question. I asked, asked that same thing. And I said, you know, the same people, because he gave a class the same weekend his wife got sentenced. Mm. And I saw them and I saw how much pain yeah. and how much suffering and emotion and yeah. and and like struggle it was right. bringing to Val. Like I sat with her and, you know, and, and the impact it's having on her mental health. Like, yeah. you know, I spent time with her and uh, it, it's hard. Yeah. And, but yeah. then at the same time, Jay's um, working with law enforcement, but that's not how they see it. And again, no matter what you think and you can judge them all day long, their mentality is fascinating yeah, because is, they don't sure. hold that same. Cause yeah. to me, I would be a bit like that. Mm. Cause I feel like, well, why you've come after my yeah. wife, yeah. you know, my partner, 
Um, but now I'm kind of helping you, but he doesn't see it like that. It's not helping law enforcement. And he wants to change a wider, it's holistic, right? It's a yeah. bigger picture. Yeah. He wants to have an impact and do something and leave some kind of legacy and show his children to right. be proud of him. He wants his children to be proud of him right. and he wants to be motivational. And in the end, he, what he wants to do, you know, you ask about money, money is he all, also wants to, in the end, influence young people and try and get them off the street. And he knows that, you know, I don't know whether that's something that, you know, I don't know why you do this podcast. Is it, is it to raise awareness? Is it just, no, not really. No, okay. No, not really. We're <laughs> just, just to earn some money, just for yeah, a laugh, just well, for kicks. Yeah, or is were, it actually because you want to, you want to spread a message? You want to talk about things, give an insight that people may not have? If we can, great. Like yeah. this, this episode is different than a lot. So I, I love telling stories. I, I love, I try not to be anything but entertaining. Um, but obviously my opinion seeps out, but like, yeah, I, <laughs> no shit. you know, um, but, <laughs> <No> uh, <rats. laughs> but, but yeah, no, no, it's never, we never try to do any good for the community or spread a message. I want to make that very clear. It's purely, but it, but it's given insight, right? It's given insight. And, absolutely. And, and shit. Yeah. And, yeah. Show, and yeah. insight is so fascinating because this is things that maybe people wouldn't know about unless yeah. you heard it yeah. from lived experience and For from sure. your own personal experience. Yeah. Right. And that's yeah. the same as like telling the Chapo, the surviving right. Chapo story right. of the Flores twins is yeah. they've never spoken. Nobody ever knew that story. And like so many, there was news reports about them. Yeah. The only people that were ever talking about them was from the U S government side right. and the fed side. So it's now hearing it from the horse's mouth of yep. what, what, what it was like for them and what they felt right. like. This is a, is like, this is dope what you've done. So plug away socials, all of that. Tell them where to get the podcast. Go for it. So you can listen to surviving El Chapo, uh, the twins who brought down a drug lord. Thanks for the there, there it is. Uh, support. Um, and thanks for saying it's dope. Appreciate yeah. it. No, it's great. And, um, again, you know, it's not about judgment or opinion. It, I just, it's a fascinating story and the way yeah. I've done it is very detailed and you really get in the moment and it's very present. It's and like, it's, it's just, like listening to your favorite HBO show. Thank you. Yes, yeah. Seriously. And I really worked hard on that yeah. and making sure you felt what it was like yes. and it wasn't just a passive listen. Um, so you can listen wherever you get your podcast. Yeah, Basically it. it's on iHeart, yeah. um, made it with Lionsgate Sound yeah. and you can just listen wherever. And my name's Charlie Webster and I am British, not Australian. <laughs> and uh, you can find me on socials and it's just Charlie Webster. Yeah. Hell yeah. That's awesome. And yeah, I, I hope to, uh, I do hope to see it on the screen someday soon. But uh, yeah, the podcast is, uh, you know, I listened to a couple of episodes and I'm going to go back and I'm, I'm going to, I can play the whole thing out. It's great. Good. So thank, thank you for coming on here, Charlie. Thank you for having me. Uh, congrats on the success. Go follow her. And uh, we will see you next time. Take care. Thank you. Yeah. Thanks for having me. Yeah. It's been fun. Yeah.